We Speak English Good has expanded to WSEG TV only on Twitch. Every Monday at 1 p.m. and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be going live and direct with guests. I have live looping, improvised music stuff and games prizes and more go to twitch.tv slash we speak english good and tune in also go to modedstudios.com m-o-d-e-d-s-t-u-d-i-o-s.com check out the latest and greatest from this fully embroidered patches and apparel online store actually the latest one is my favorite which is a maga hat with blm spray painted graffitied over it you gotta go check it out it's amazing i put it up on my facebook these hats are selling like hot cakes go check it out for yourself modedstudios.com now on with the show I'ma get you in the room and let my hands start to roll. 
And that is the latest by Reina Mystique called Stew. That is available today, November 18th, 2020. So go ahead, click on that link in the show notes and go listen to it over and over again. You know you want to. So, so good. Big up to the homie AK or Adrian Cisneros for breathing life into that song. Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Malcolm Mutaki. Malcolm is a social activist, a community leader, and he is also my brother-in-law, my uh, my wife, Raina's real-life brother. Um, he has an awesome story of redemption, and I... I, I I, I, I just, I can't wait to share it with you guys. But first, go to reinamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com, and go check out the latest single, Stew. You remember that song? You just heard it at the top of the show. That is out today. Also, you can catch her on Twitch at twitch.tv slash You can find that at, um, yeah, I don't know where that was going, but <laughs> go check her out. She streams three days a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and Saturdays at, well, I think in the evening, 8 p.m., 9 p.m., all Eastern Standard Time. Check in. Just go follow her up and subscribe and do all the good stuff. You can also follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash we speak English good. Go and follow up and just get involved with the next step, the evolution of podcasting, the, the next phase in the we speak english good podcast legacy that's right you are now in charge and in control of where the conversation goes you get to add to the conversation you get to have all kinds of good old input and uh, exchange of ideas and that's what i love about the twitch stream and you guys i i just always appreciate you guys coming through and still listening to the show and sticking with us through this transition anyways go like subscribe and leave a review like us on facebook instagram uh twitter uh, discord snapchat all the 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 things go like us there you can also subscribe on itunes anywhere you get your podcast you can also subscribe on youtube and twitch and you can also leave a review that helps us to be fine found find findable in the algorithm of podcast or whatever. Anyways, well, I'm going to make it sweet and short today. So stick around till the end. Uh, today's guest, Malcolm, will be wrapping his children's book that he wrote, uh, I believe, uh, a few years ago. Maybe it was earlier this year, but he wrote a children's book and that is available on Amazon. And I will be linking that in the show notes. But it's a book called I should have never joined a gang by malcolm taki again that link is in the show notes so go click on it order that book but make sure you stick around towards the end because he actually wraps the entire book there's a video i'll link the video in the show notes as well make sure you go click around and get to know malcolm my brother-in-law so here you go ladies and gentlemen here is a wonderful conversation i had with malcolm mutaki
I really do respect your grind. I respect your your grind because it's it's a um well, do you mind kind of going through your story um, um, about like and how you got to here and uh, sort of what you do with your work that you do in the community and such? Yeah. Uh, where do you want me to start at? Well, let's start with your what start about with your life before and then your life after getting out. If you don't mind. Right. I'm not trying to talk yeah. in yeah, riddles. Yeah, 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 I just yeah, want yeah, you yeah. to be the one who kind of tells for your sure. story. If you don't mind. No, for sure. No problem, man. Uh, so I'm a, uh, a native of San Diego, California, uh, pretty much everywhere between downtown and Spring Valley, which uh, essentially is a, the toilet bowl of such a beautiful city. I mean, <laughs> you know, but, but, I find, but I find beauty in those places as well, you know, and yeah. the people and the diversity, you know, and, and, and I mean, I guess compared to national ghettos, those ghettos aren't aren't too bad at you know least, at I, least. I was gonna say that because when i roll through those those hoods like even the hoods in like toledo look way worse it looks worse now now i, I don't know right. the content of of the people i don't know how that goes but i know that when you look through when you drive through a broke down neighborhood in detroit or or toledo or, or especially in these like midwest towns that really took a hit um yeah after all the all the jobs went away I mean, it looks literally like, you know, it's just blight and houses are broke down and stuff. Whereas in in, in San Diego, I feel like they they like kind of throw a fresh coat of paint on things and sort yeah. of try to keep up appearances. But you know what I'm saying? But still, like, yeah. people are still yeah. suffering and people are still not able to keep up with the outlandish amount of money it costs to live there and stuff. So, yeah. But please, yeah, the, go ahead, please. Yeah, that that's one of the facades of. California uh, in general, you mm. know, things a lot of the times the people and the places look uh, look pretty well maintained on the outside, but maybe, you know, imploding and crumbling on the inside. Yeah. You know, same thing with, you know, the people with the plastic surgery and all the cosmetics and all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, beautiful city, beautiful place, but the same the same ailments that plague uh, every city in the country, you know. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. I, you know, so so growing up, I um I fell into the uh, the lifestyle. You know, looking for ways to uh, to earn quick money, uh, which which a lot of us fall into. Which a lot of the times aren't inherent criminality, but but more crimes of poverty. Mm-hmm. Not not to necessarily make excuses, but you know, living in areas where opportunities are are limited. And resources are even even more limited. I um I myself got into a lifestyle of, of hustling, you yeah. know, hustling, hustling and bustling. Hustling and bustling, so, yes, sir. When I was about nineteen years old, I uh, essentially I, I robbed some weed dealers, a small time weed dealers, uh, with a gun. Uh, I was nineteen. The person that was with me had a had a fake gun. Uh, you know, nobody got seriously injured. Nobody got shot, but people did get their property taken. Probably somewhere less than a thousand dollars worth of, of property, including weed, money, so on and so forth. And for that, for that, I was a uh, I, I I was sentenced to thirteen years in prison for that. And um, you know, it's interesting because I, I did about a decade on that. 
even even towards the end of my sentence, I talked to the parole board, and one of the parole people said, "Wow," he said, "You just did a a, a decade. You just did over ten years for something that I would have did when I was nineteen. Wow, you know, jeez. So, so we see, you know, it's in, in, in California, they have the the largest uh, prison system in the country, and they found a way in a capitalist country. They found a way to capitalize off of warehousing people. Mm-hmm. So I was I was one of those people that was that was warehoused. Um, found myself in very slavish conditions, uh, well, working for. Huh? I mean, let, let's not get let's not try to sugarcoat it. That that is modern day slavery. The no prison system it. is modern day slavery. The, yes, I mean, yes, yes. I mean, I mean, because like, <laughs> let's talk about a little bit about what you were doing there to make a little extra money. I mean, because they barely pay you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, like kind of the programs <clears throat> that you were taking advantage of when you were in there to sort because of, because you, you didn't just go to prison. That that's the other thing. You didn't just go to prison and just sit there and do your time. Like you were actively bettering yourself in there. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know, I decided early on that I wanted to leave with something more than than muscles and tattoos. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> even even though I probably did end up picking up a few of those on the way as well. I you know a lot of people a lot of people that's that's all they leave with. Right. And you know. And that's what the system is designed to do, you know, to, in any institution, whether it's the university or the mental institution or the prison, it's designed to, to make a certain group institutionalized to not be able to function outside of the institution. But, I, you know, I decided that I didn't I didn't want to I would do time, but I would not waste time. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I mean, I had a job. My first job, I think, was paying about. 15 cents an hour and I was washing laundry mm. all day, eight hours a day, blisters on my feet, water in my boots. And that was one of the high paying jobs on the yard. <laughs> Sorry. So, I don't mean to laugh, but you know, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was very much, it was slavery. Uh, mm. at, at, at the end of the month, before you get to spend any money, they take 55% for so-called victim fees or restitution what? fees. Oh, So you end up with about, out of, out of a month of hard hard labor, you probably end up with about twelve dollars, <clears throat> you know, and right. that, that's not going to do too much for you. Right. Um, and they barely feed you enough. But you know, so so definitely, this is this is the continuation of slavery. But but hopefully, we'll be able to get into that uh, more when we get into the actual work. Please, yes, please. Right now. But um, but 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 I I wanted to make a point because you weren't just I mean you didn't just do laundry and stuff you were actually like fighting fires and stuff like that that's yeah. where I, you know like you you're you like people are out there putting their lives like in harm's way like literally in harm's way for literally no money and yeah. and you know like you were you know like you seem grateful to have that job too i remember you know when we would go and visit you you were like well i'm happy because you kind of got a little bit more freedom to do stuff but still like when you think about uh you know what you're doing and the money that they're giving you and and also you know you did also get a a a hefty charge for something that like you were saying that the guard or whoever you're talking to was you know something that he would have did. You know when he was young. You know that the yeah. a decade for. So there's also something about the criminal criminal system as well that 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 is kind of faulty to sort of put people in those positions in the first place for you know, you know. But but let's get there. Yeah. Let, let let's get so, through your story, please. Yeah, let's get yeah. through your your so stint I, here. Yeah. So I do want to like break down the fire camp. So I mean, me, you know, I, 
at 21, I think I actually entered the prison after fighting my case for and eventually taking a plea deal, which about 98% of the cases that, that go to, uh, that are guilty char uh, convictions are, are plea deals. Um, so, you know, they're not doing a whole bunch of winning cases. They're, they're getting people to take deals. Right. But so I, so, so I, I began to do like a little, I did artwork on the side to make money, enter an art contest, a lot of soul searching. Um, I embraced Islam. You know, I, I, I did a lot, but after about, about nine years, they said, Hey, um, you're not violent anymore. You can be a firefighter. So I decided that I would go because I would be able to get my time reduced. When you mm -hmm. when you decide to fight fires, you can get some time knocked off your sentence. Mm -hmm. So when I actually <clears throat> went through the training uh, in in Clanville, you know, I was around. I was in really literally when I entered the prison where they do the training in Jamestown, California. The the guards there uh, did the Hail Hitler salute no. when I entered. Yeah, yeah. I mind you, you know. I, there's a coded language in prison you learn, right? They have their own sign language and everything. So they asked me, okay, Mr. Morgan, what year are you? After, they're stripped, stripped, after they stripped me out, they say, Mr. Morgan, okay, what year were you born? And I say, um, 88. And about four white guards yell out, 88, 88, 88, right? Now, for those who don't know, the, the 88 is code for uh, Hail Hitler because the because the H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. So a lot of neo-Nazis you'll see, they'll have 88. Sorry to expose the neo-Nazis, you know. Uh, Please don't uh, apologize for exposing <laughs> neo-Nazis. We don't need to apologize for neo-Nazis. <laughs> yeah, but, but so this is what this means, you know. So they, so they hit me with the Hill Hitler salute, and I realized where I was at. Yeah. So eventually I, I passed the, the certification. So I went to the fire camp. You work for a dollar a day. Every single day you're going to work five days a week. And you're going to work, if you're not fighting fires, you're going to work for nonprofit organizations like Girl Scouts of America, so on and so forth. How it works out is that the, the nonprofit organization pays the, the fire camp, which is CDCR and the Cal Fire Department. They pay them about $275 to $300 for 2017 to 20 healthy grown men for a whole day of labor. They're paying about a little under $300. For, for 20 people to work Whoa. for eight hours. That's cheaper than any, anybody you're going to buy at Home Depot, right? <laughs> any legal, right? Yeah. And they're now, mind you, they're paying us $1 a day. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they spend about $17 to $20. They make about 200 to $300. And at the end of the day, they split it. They have anywhere from four to seven crews at each camps. So you do the math. You know, every day they're making this. And when we fight fires, we make a dollar an hour, but mind you, restitution is still being taken. And we, we work 24 hours up, 24 hours down. And how it's set up is that you have a chain of people, a, a person on a saw, a person pulling the sticks, a person with a um, what they call a, a Pulaski, a, a axe, a person with a rake, and two people with, uh, with rakes in the back. It's a, it's a chain gang. Mm -hmm. You're gonna work for 24 hours straight. Whoa. And um, I almost died several times. Now, this is the interesting thing about it. After being on the chain gang and understanding my condition as a slave, um, I would tell people, you know, understanding the 13th Amendment and, 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 and how it allows legal slavery, I would tell people, like, you know that we're slaves right now, right? I mean, I hate this. I'm doing it because I want to go home, but I hate this. They would tell me, 
<laughs> I'm not a slave. What are you talking about? I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world. So it reminded me of, of Harriet Tubman, one of my one of my favorite and I think one of the most profound quotes from Harriet Tubman. And she said, uh, I freed uh, I freed over 100 slaves and I could have freed more if they only knew they were slaves, if they only knew they were slaves. Now, I remember I can think about her back in Maryland all those years ago telling people, come on, we got to get off the plantation. We got to get out of slavery. And them saying, I ain't no slave. Master treats me good. I want to be here. So, you know, it's funny how history repeats itself. Yeah. But, you know, I, I finally made it home. I, I learned yeah. a lot. I gained a lot. I would never want to do it again. But, um, you know, it was it was a, a an irreplaceable education that I couldn't have gotten in, in any school, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that that's that's definitely I mean. That idea, man, that <clears throat> that people don't even know that they're that they're there's i mean i mean that goes beyond just the prison system you know that goes i mean i mean bob marley free yourself from mental slavery right Absolutely. i mean it's it's uh this idea that we have to keep doing these same things that they're telling us that we have to do and it's really it's really the the thing is that we should be the ones who are telling them what to do and how to do it since technically we're supposed to be the ones in power but I digress. I don't want to get too far from this, please. So, so you you um you get through your um no let me let me see what girl two said here. Well, it's hard. People cope in many ways to make right now, right here. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Right here. I'm sorry. I'm reading this like a five year old. Give me the let me let me start over. Well, it's hard. People cope in many ways to make right now to make right now right here okay being in a position you can't change maybe accepting that would be too much to go on yeah i see what you're saying what they were going um what what were they doing for the girl scouts what were you doing for the girl scouts were you like uh basically our job as firefighters what i what i came to the realization is that we were more lumberjacks than we were firefighters i'm on the off season you're gonna work all year round Mind you, California is it has some of the highest numbers of fires than any state right. uh, because of the temperature, because of the 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 uh, uh, the arid climate, uh, because of the forest. Right, there's a lot of fires. So when it's fire season, it's fire season, and you're gonna fight fires. And and, and humans are the only ones that can do this firefighting work because basically your job is to scrape what they call bare minimum soil, a line of dirt around the entire fire a big circle so that when it reaches the dirt it won't have any more fuel to burn mm. now now a bulldozer could do this job but when you're dealing um with a, a mountain that has a 45 degree slope or you know that's 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 super steep a, a bulldozer or a tractor can't get on that right so you it takes human beings to actually do that work now for the Girl Scouts, what we're doing is essentially we're chopping down trees with chainsaws and breaking it into small logs, moving them all day, putting them into piles, clearing brush, uh, clearing poison ivy, you name it, right? We're just, we're basically lumberjacks for the Girl Scouts of America. Oh, so and this is why I haven't bought a, a pack of Girl Scout cookies since I've been home. I bet. So I'm like, I bet. <laughs> you, got, you guys are, 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 are in, in cahoots with the Slave Master. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, like it, that that whole thing where they're sending these little kids out with candy bars and stuff like that. It's like, come on. It's like you're sending these little kids out to, to slang your, your shit, your dope, your ideas. It's, 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 it's kind of sick, man. 
Exactly. It's kind of a sick concept. And, you know, it's not like, you know, like for Girl Scouts, you guys were so basically you're clearing out brush and stuff like that, kind of getting space ready for them to be able to inhabit stuff. But like for the summer camp. Right. Basically, they have a yeah, they have a big camp up there and somewhere by um, by Cuyamaca. And um, basically, we're yeah, we're making the grounds ready for the, the kids whose parents probably paid a few hundred dollars for them to go to summer camp. Yeah. You know, you, there's this uh, I, 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 I keep coming back to this idea being in a position you can't change. Maybe accepting that would be too much to go on, like people not being able to um, accept the idea of being in a position of, of slavery. You know, what I mean, like not being able to not even be able to. Uh, just, just accept that 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 notion that uh, that. So I'm I'm not sure where I'm going with it, but but it's a very powerful thing you kind of hit me with there, girl 2.0. This idea of um, people just that can't that can't admit it, that can't even admit it to themselves because they're in such uh their their trajectory of life, they're in this just they're just going, and and the idea of of that. Sort of, it, it, they ignore it. These ideas, because to think of that is to basically admit, I don't know, some kind of um, soul-crushing defeat. I don't know. You know, what I mean, yeah. like, I, I don't know. Well, I think, where, go ahead, please. I think some of the people there too uh, feed in because when you talk to the the people at the fire camps, which which, which you know, I, I do have a, a, a dream and a goal to make a documentary about this one day. But their idea, their narrative of it is that, hey, well, we're teaching you guys vital skills. We're teaching people work ethics that never had work ethics, that were criminals. Mm. You know, not as if, as if it doesn't require a whole lot of work to slang dope and deal with tweakers all day, right? Right. Or, or, or whatever else people were doing to earn a living, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that they have a work, don't have a work ethic. It's, it's misdirected. But yeah. for people that have this low uh, ideals of themselves, even some people that feel irredeemable, to be out there uh, fighting fires and to feel needed, it gives people some some sense of value that otherwise uh, wouldn't find that. Yeah. The problem is that for many of them, when they come home and they say, hey, this is what I like doing, and they go to their local firehouse and they say, hey, I want to fight fires, and they say, oh, sorry, we don't hire felons. Right. Now, because of some of the uh, some of the activism on the ground, they're starting to try to open the uh, the doors for that. But it doesn't negate the fact that they're still going to have people out there uh, slaving. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime. Yeah. No, that I mean, that's an important thing too. This idea of purpose. <clears throat> you know, like when you're dropped into a situation where um, meaning isn't is is kind of meaningless. Like when you're surrounded by you know. You're surrounded by, you know, drug dealers and, and obviously the community was left behind by the city a long time ago. You got crumbling schools, you got potholes in the streets. When you're coming from that, when you're starting there and, and you have that idea, that idea of yourself, it's like, well, obviously no one cares about me. It's like, why should I even care about myself? You're starting from this, this negative place. And, and what, what real foundation do you have to, to walk on when that's where you're starting? It's 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 a it, it's a rut. It is a rut, right? I mean, you just it's just this horrible cycle that just keeps going on and on and on that we seem to just let happen. Like we we you know we have all this money to go bomb people overseas, but as soon as we start talking about improving communities and and and, and putting money in, you know, like 
you don't have to put money into people's hands to enrich people, right? You don't have to just write checks. You can give them community places like services and 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 and, and invest in in these schools and invest in education. You, we could do that, but we don't. We choose not to. And it's a and and it's a very it's a very vicious cycle. And and obviously you 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 fell into that as well. And so, um, so what I love about your story is that that you waste no time when you when you get out. You waste no time. And um, can you just sort of pick up from there and sort of and, and kind of get into what your work is? And and by the way, he's also a very gifted MC. Like super like just ill like just a, a a fantastic mc and and a producer by the way so he's also a, a fantastic musician um but please go ahead uh sort of pick yeah, up where well, you... I, well i came home and i i decided that i would i would give up my good time meaning that i would i would say i don't i'm gonna leave fire camp i don't care about not getting out early send me to a halfway house so I can work, so I can go to school, right? Because basically what they're saying is that if you don't want to come slave and fight fires for us, we'll let you go to a halfway house, but we're not going to take any time off your, your sentence. So you're going to be a prisoner. Essentially, you're going to be a prisoner in your city, mm-hmm. in, the, in the community, right? So I went to a halfway house, and, and, and I want to expose this as well, Please. that what, what they've done in California, because, because part, of my, part of my work is educating people, right, about what's going on right now in this country. So what what they what they're doing in California and, and really other states as well, but particularly California, since this is the this is the model, this is the prototype for uh, for mass incarceration in this state. Mm. They've made a law that they've made stipulations that they cannot build any more prisons in the state of California because they have too many, and with with all the prisons they have, they're still not able to to. Uh, to keep them at a decent number. They're still busting at the seams. Hmm. So they're saying that's, sorry, we can't, you guys can't build anymore prisons. You have too many as it is and you have too many prisoners. So what these private prison companies are doing is they're getting smart and they're saying, okay, well, we'll just buy houses in the community and we'll call them a community jail. What, what, what we'll do is that we'll allow prisoners, we'll do contracts with the prisons to allow people to come home about a year early. They'll still be prisoners, but instead of being and this is for the nonviolent people, the people that have been deemed nonviolent. Mm. We'll put a monitor around their ankle and we'll allow them to be in these facilities and they'll be able to get a gate pass. They'll be able to go to school, go to work, but they have to be home at a certain time and they have to follow certain parameters. If they go outside of what's on their daily pass, they're going to be sent right back to prison. And this monitor has GPS and they're watching it all day. If you go to your mother's house, you're going to get sent back to prison. If you, if you hang out in an alley for too long, you're going to get sent back to prison. So essentially, you're a prisoner in your community. You know, this is how they've expanded the prison market. Mm-hmm. By not being able to build more prisons, they found a loophole. But so, and, and the ball and chain is that ankle monitor. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so, so I decided that I would subject myself to that. In order to continue my schooling, because when you're in, in fire camp, you can't do you can't do any schooling when you're in fire camp. Uh, you can't work when you're in fire camp. So I said, you know, I want a job. I want to go to school. So I went to a fire camp. What I did was, uh, as soon as I was able to, I got a job. It takes a minute for you to get a job because you got to go through all these programs. It's just a hustle, just signatures for a drug. I never had a drug case, but but they made me do drug programs. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I got a job working with students. Uh, I enrolled in San Diego City College. 
uh, I finished up my associate's degree there. Um, after working with the schools, kids in court and community schools for a minute, I started working with the, an organization called Pillars of the Community, which is uh, its focus and its lens is on correcting the criminal justice system. And I've been there for uh, over a year now and been doing a lot of work with them to kind of kind of like correct the system. But I still work with the students and, you know, I, I graduated Sandy City College and now I'm at San Diego State University um, at, working on my bachelor's degree. Which, which is amazing. And and I want to address this. Uh, high five plus eight. Welcome to chat. I'm, I'm kind of confused with what you're trying to say, but uh, he's uh, uh, five plus eight says less crimes equals less prisoners. I wonder how many criminals the riots have bred. I'm not sure on how that's. I'm not sure on even <laughs> what you even tried to say. Uh, if okay. you are a middle schooler and your idea of civics is uh, all cops are bad. What do you grow up to be? Okay, okay, we can okay we can have this conversation, but let's just let's just keep it fucking polite, okay? Yeah, can I dive into that? Can I'd I love to. I'd that? love for you to dive into that. All right, let me dissect that a little bit. The first thing is that that's partially true. More crimes equals more prisoners. Okay, we'll 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 say that. The problem is that who determines what a crime actually is, right? These prisons, these private prison companies have big lobbies. The only way that you as a, as a company that incarcerates people can, can make a profit is if you find ways to lock more people up for longer amounts of time. So these private prison have, they have lobbies. They have lobbyists that go to these politicians and say, hey, we need to make this a crime and we need to make a per this give extra t uh, uh, 10 extra years for this crime being committed. And they make crimes that target people of color. They, they, they make things crimes that that the statistics show that people of color are more likely to do, that poor people are more likely to do. So when you make more things illegal, you're going to find ways to lock more people up. Right. So. So, yeah, more crimes equals more prisoners to some degree. And now there are states where the crime rates are are just as high, if not higher than California. But they've managed not to lock as many people up. Right. So. So the, the, the incentive is not to stop crime. The incentive is to make profit. Hmm. Right. When you when you're looking to make ways to lock people up, you're going to make more things illegal. You're going to turn more things into crime. crimes. In California, if you're, if you're on parole, it's a crime to hang out with a gang member or another parolee. A lot of us grew up in communities where our family members are gang members because they grew up in neighborhoods and they wanted to be a part of the club in their neighborhood, right? A lot of us have uncles and things that are, are felons or on parole. So now you're saying it's a crime for me to hang out with my uncle. It's a crime for me to hang out with my cousin. It's a crime for me to hang up with people that I grew up and went to school with. So now they're going to find a way to lock me up. Is this, is this justifiable? Is this a justifiable way to make a prisoner for, for hanging out with people I grew up with? Of course not. But the, of course, the incentive is not to punish crime. It's to make money. It's to put people in a box. Now, now as far as the part on the... Uh, on the on the police and and it's interesting because I talked to some brothers that are they're they're not from this country they're foreigners but there's some Muslim brothers that I know and they said uh, do you guys think that sometimes black people kind of like over exaggerate what's going on in this country like like everything might not be about race and they're like oh they did this because they're I'm black or you know what I mean I got targeted because I'm black so I had to explain something to them I said that I, I had to explain that 
in this country, from the time you come out of your mother's womb, they ask your mother, what race is your child? They want a race to put on the birth certificate. Are they black or are they white, right? From the time we come into this world, our mind is programmed to see color. I have a, I have a, a close friend from Turkey, and when he went to, to the immigration department, they, they asked him um, an application, race. Are you white or are you black? What race are you? To him, this was the craziest question in the world. He said, well, I don't understand why they would ask me such a thing. It, it, I don't get it. But for us, our, our mind is programmed to see black and white, right? So when we, in our, inter, our interactions with the police, you know, I've been stopped and, and, and arrested for what? For fitting a description, a description of a black person with hair. That's what they told me. I said, what are you guys stopping me for? What are you arresting me for? They said, oh, because you fit a description. What's the description? They said a black man with hair. I said, that's half of my neighborhood, mm -hmm. right? So it's not that our parents teach us to hate the police. We don't have to, and see, kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. Kids are, are much smarter than we give them credit for. Uh, I, nobody taught me to hate the police, and I don't hate the police. What I do hate is oppression. I've been, I've been oppressed, you know what I mean? I, I can deal with the individuals as individuals. There's many police officers that are great people. You know, they're great people, they're just doing their job. The problem is that the system itself is oppressive. The system itself is racist. So even when you come in with good ideals, when you're in, in, a, in, a, in an oppressive system, a lot of us don't know how to articulate. You know what I'm saying? We say F the police. Mm -hmm. But we're not talking about the individuals. We're talking about the system itself. Yeah, the, the, the thing that I, my biggest qualm with it is that these cops who, you can just get a GED and be a cop. Like, there's no real training going involved. And even if you took the race portion out of it, like, let's just say that cops are are, are not seeing race, right? Right? And, 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 and they're still going to be running up into situations where their, their adrenaline's going to be running high. They're going to still be facing, you know, violent uh, people. They're going to still have, they're going to still not have the equipment. They are not equipped to handle anything that comes their way. I mean, I'm sure everybody's seen those videos of that, that white kid who's getting tasered, who's getting sprayed in the face with the mace, still like they're, he's not complying. These fat fucking cops can't even fucking get this kid in a simple, in a simple fucking arrest mode. And the kid ends up shooting one of them. Well, what's the problem here? Is it the fact that that kid was white? Maybe. But the, there's a, but the other thing is that these cops weren't equipped to even handle that kid. So even, we have these fucking GED donate-eating fucks, and I'm sorry, you know, I don't mean to hate on all cops either. I'm not saying that all cops are bad either, but what I am saying, to go along with this whole, the system that backs them up is is, is disgusting. You have these under-trained fucking half, you know, like half-wits who probably got made fun of them in high school, and this is their way to get back. Again, there's good cops, there's good people out there, but you have a lot of room for error when you allow this kind of low standards. And, 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 and then you have a system that protects them that protects what they are doing, that protects the bad ones. Of course, there's always going to be the bad apples, but there's no reason for those fucking bad apples to exist in that system. Those bad apples should be treated almost worse than the people that they're trying to, to arrest because they're fucking, they're breaking a vow. They're breaking something. Right. They're breaking a trust, a community trust. 
let, let me try to let me break something else down please too, man. oh oh and you i know. wanted to read hold on just before you go in there um girl yeah. 2.0 oh she wrote some more uh, my comment was for all the great steps you took after education giving back and trying to make a change plus all those people you mentioned your uncle cousin are on the outside so they did their time and they're living life what you describe is still punishing them and you and you because you can't spend time with them you can't have your community um how can anyone move beyond and grow when this follows you forever right yeah. that's yeah, that's true and i was and i definitely respect that and appreciate the comment and you know i just want to throw this out there just to just to put it all uh in a historical lens and just you know i'm sure that that we have a uh a, a audience today that's full of intelligent people that understand they have because they're listening to you so they gotta have you know they, they gotta understand right I, maybe but, I, I think so i mean we, we got some nice people in chat here but i but i i still want to be i still want to just you know illustrate uh for those who might not see the the connections mm. so 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 this country the wealth of this country and and you know uh the president likes to boast actually he's not the only president many presidents have boasted that this is the wealthiest country in the world <clears throat> now i personally don't know if that's correct but i do believe that it's one of the wealthiest countries in the world without a doubt there's a lot of wealth in in this country now we have to we have to see how was this wealth established without without a doubt you know what I'm saying? It's irrefutable. The wealth of this country was established first through the genocide of indigenous people, the murder and the clearing out of their lands, and then the, the labor of stolen people from Africa. Irrefutable. And, and, and the majority of the, of the products that were being sold were sugar, were whiskey, alcohol, tobacco, tobacco whiskey, and cotton. Right. And they, and they were shipping it to England and and Britain and Europe. And they were after that, they were uh, going down to Africa, taking slaves, bringing them to Jamaica, Haiti, America, producing sugarcane and making whiskey, shipping it to uh, Europe and back to Africa. The triangular trade, as they like to call it now. Now, the people who profited from that, they still have descendants. Their 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 descendants, the only way that they can make profit <laughs> because the the best way to, the, the the most profitable thing to do is to work a person for nothing and and to get all the profits the other thing to maintain your power is to get, keep a whole group of people that are second class citizens who can't vote who can't own guns who can't do a whole lot of things that average citizens can do now they were doing that in the era of jim crow they were doing that right after slavery and then they had these people that were slave patrols that if you wanted to do a rebellion if you wanted to get political clout they would come and round you up and say hey stay in your place stay in your place if you don't stay in your place we're going to ship you back to these uh private companies that are going to enslave you now that has that has continued through mass incarceration and the people who are now these slave patrols are these police officers they're the first step of the system the criminal justice system is a system it's called a system because it's made of a whole bunch of different parts that work together the police officers are the ones that are coming into these neighborhoods, these poor black and brown neighborhoods, rounding people up, harassing them for no no reason. They're not doing that in the suburbs. They're going to find just as most, much dope, good dope in the suburbs as they do in the ghetto. Almost so better. To these, better. <laughs> and more bountifully because they can afford it. Yeah. But they're coming to these neighborhoods. 
they're finding them stuff on them, they're harassing them, and then that's the first step to, to send them to prison. Once they go to prison and go be slaves for a few years or for the rest of their life, the ones that come home, now all their rights are taken from them. They can't vote. They can't own guns. They can't do a lot of things that regular citizens can do. They're second-class citizens. So they've maintained the system to maintain the power and the economics for the people that were the descendants of the one who, the ones who founded this country in the first place, right? So, I mean, this has to be understood. And the function that the officers now serve, security is vital. Uh, some type of patrol is vital. You know what I mean? Somebody has to keep the peace. But the way that it functions now is just a continuation of the old slave catchers from years ago. Okay, so obviously there's there's arguments in 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 the side of should we be should we be held to the sins of our past? Should we be held to it? Are we really are we really perpetuating this, or are we? Are, or is there something more at play here? Because there's because because think about the argument against what you just said, and and it, which is which is a lot of people, right? There's a lot of people who argue that that uh, that we should just be forgetting about the past, and that 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 you know essentially racism is dead, and maybe now we should be looking at um, uh, there. There's even arguments like even. I'm sure you're you're a fan of Candace Owens, but one of her one of her one of her arguments is that uh, you know maybe black people should uh, stop committing so many crimes, and that that um, maybe that black people should take more responsibility for themselves instead of putting it on um, white people and the white and the white establishment. Now, I'm yes. not I'm not trying to say this is my opinion, okay? I'm just trying to give you an uh, to a uh, 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 the 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 other side of this cuz I'm interested on in what you have to say to that. Yeah, first thing is that, you know, uh, white supremacists uh, have always used some blackface, some Oreo to to t make their talking points seem valid. Mm -hmm. They've always done that, yeah. right? She's just the newest brand of that, right? That, that they've done that for years. That's that's nothing new. So there's always going to be some uh, Negro coming forward and saying exactly what regurgitating their ideas in order to be in the cool club. At the end of the day, I don't know if anybody heard the Jay Z song, the old story of OJ. At the end of the day, you know his, his song says "Still nigga." I mean, that's how they look at her, right? It do, it doesn't matter what 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 what, what she's saying. The the reality of it is that that there would be no people running around shouting Black Lives Matter if, if racism didn't exist, right? As a matter of fact, Trump wouldn't have been elected if, if racism didn't exist, right? A lot of what he, his election was a, a swing and a pushback from the Obama election because people liked Obama, but they didn't, they didn't like the celebration that happened in the streets because of Obama's win. So even some people that were white liberals that, that, um, that supported Obama, when they seen all the celebration that took place in the streets, and I, I was in prison when Obama was elected. People were saying, too black, too strong, because they thought that he was their candidate. Yeah. You know, they didn't know that he was just a, a mascot for, for that party as well. Yeah. But now they said, hold on, we want to change, but we didn't want that much change. So even some of them, because racism is very much alive, they voted for Trump. Now, now the thing is that we should never forget our past, right? Does that mean we should not forgive? Of course we should forgive. We should forgive, but we shouldn't forget because as we see, 
our past is still being repeated today, right? The, and the only way that we can prevent some of the mistakes that others have made in the past is by, by understanding um, history. Now, my own, my own personal opinion, though, is that if something starts with a bad seed, it's going to produce bad fruit. Hmm. It's going to produce bad fruit, right? You cannot put, you cannot put a, a lemon seed in the ground and expect a plum tree to grow out of that. It's going to grow lemons. It's going to grow sour lemons. It can't grow anything except for what the seed that put in the ground is only going to produce what the seed put, that was put in the ground. So when you're dealing with a country who was, that was established on theft, murder, and even now maintains its power hold uh, through warmongering, of course we're going to have war in the streets. Of course we're going to have racism. It was established on the idea that a whole group of people are three-fifths of a human being. And the only reason that they, that they, that they admitted that they were three-fifths of a human being was to use their numbers in the electoral college, to mm. use their numbers for political seats. And we still have that system today, mm. right? That, but, but a lot of these people don't have, are still three-fifths of a citizen because they don't have the rights that average citizens have. Once they get a felony, they can't vote anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's the same system. How can, we, how can we forget something that's still looming right in front of our face? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, um, I, I, I feel that. I feel that. I really do. Um, you were saying that, you know, we can't forget about our past. Um, what do you have to say about uh, the people and protesters who are out knocking over statues and trying to to like literally erase the past um and and and, you know knocking over not only are they knocking over these ridiculous jim crow era statues these cheap pieces of shit that were just thrown up just to be assholes those should be knocked down but i'm saying they're going after like ulysses s grant you know president lincoln who you know i mean say what you will he freed the slaves but you know that motherfucker had slaves and like he was oh still with us malcolm yeah, I'm still with you. I got somebody calling on other line, but, oh, okay. but it's, I'm still here though. Okay. I'm not going to answer it though. Okay, fair yeah. So what what do you what do you say to um to to people who are in a way trying to eradicate <clears throat> the past, even if it's not even has anything to do with slavery, even if it has something to do with the end of slavery? Uh, okay. So so in in San Diego, uh, protesting. There's been a lot of protesting as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and La Mesa, uh, the, a bank was burnt down to the ground. Oh, a lot of, yeah, a lot of stuff happened out here. Yeah. And uh, wow. You know, and I, and I don't like talking uh, bad about the dead, but but Lincoln was not the great liberator that everybody makes him out to be. You right. know, he he made some statements that that uh, that were pretty white supremacist in nature as well, right? Uh, he himself said that. That um, if I could, if I can save the union without freeing a single slave, I would do it. Hmm. I would do it. So his, his, you know, his his aim, of course, wasn't to, to free this, but that's a whole nother story. Um, right. My my opinion is this: that oh look, my last name is Morgan. The history of my last name is that these people, these Morgan people, uh, with these Welsh name, they were plantation owners. They were slave owners. After making profit off of slaves, they ended up getting into the insurance game. They started selling insurance, and they started opening up these big financial institutions. This is where we get the uh, J.P. Morgan, the Morgan and Chase, and so on and so. St- Stanley Morgan, you know, all of these big banks and stuff like that. 
their profit was made off of slave labor. They gave the, the, their last name to all the slaves that they owned, right? If they say, if you're your, our property, you're going to take our last name. So your last name is Morgan now, right? This is where my name, name comes from. It's, it's a slave name, right? My, my given last name. Now, because the, the bank they burned down in La Mesa was a Chase bank, right? Morgan and Chase, there's a connection there. I feel personally, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna be realistic, if if reparations is something that we believe is due, that they owe me money. My name is my, my people made them their fortune. If we're gonna talk reparations, then then I should be entitled to something, right? So because they burnt down a bank, people are burning down banks, knocking down statues. I'm not losing any sleep over it. <laughs> however, however, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to encourage people to do that either, right? Mm. I don't encourage I don't encourage the, the destruction of property. I don't encourage the destruction of property and I'm not going to and I'm not going to engage in the destruction of anybody's property, right? Because for one, I wouldn't want my property uh, to be destroyed. For two, um I can't take that risk anyways because I still got paperwork uh, on me, right? I'm not going back to prison for, for, for knocking down a, a statue of old Honest Abe, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to do that. However, once again, I'm not losing any sleep over it either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, it, it's it's just, you know, it's just interesting that you were saying that, you know, we can't forget our history, but, you know, it's... The, that idea of, of knocking over statues is a way of erasing history. And um, I, 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 I personally, I don't approve of breaking stuff. It's not my, you know, I, I just, I, I, peaceful. I like things peaceful. Uh, it's not, it, it's not my thing. Um, and, and some of these statues that were built back again in these Jim Crow, in the Jim Crow era, just because people were being dicks, and I'm sure there was more of a reason to it than just being a dick, but, um, but I don't know, like, I heard different ideas of maybe taking these statues and putting them somewhere so that people don't forget, because we can't forget this shit. As soon as we start forgetting our past, that's how it all starts over again. So, so right. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if the solution is breaking shit or if it's you know putting it somewhere nah. that we can at least you know see that it existed that this was a part of us but i'm sorry nah, I'm, that's not the solution because I mean, <laughs> he said nah <laughs> that because i mean white uh, these okay these these statues are monuments mm. of white supremacy right yeah. they're not putting up statues of of Marcus Garvey in right. the middle of any squares or anything like that they're not they're not they're not doing that right they put they put down. They put Martin Luther King um, in, in Washington D.C. and I love Martin Luther King. Mm. But even him, his legacy, they, they watered it down a little bit. They make him some, uh, some. Uh, yeah, he was peace loving, but but Martin Luther King was a fighter. You know what I mean? That he was a fighter. He wasn't just telling people, you know, somebody slaps you just on your way to school. You just turn the other cheek and let them slap you back. He was going to some of the most racist areas in the country and, and going face to face with the Klansmen. And even when he, towards the end of his life, he admitted that for some of our sicker brothers and sisters, force might be necessary. Right? It's only so long you can take your daughters and your sons getting beat up and brutalized, right? Okay, so, so okay, that, that's aside from the subject. These monuments are, 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 are monuments of white supremacy. But, but white supremacy isn't, isn't maintained in a statue. White supremacy is an ideal in people's hearts. 
how do you break that ideal out of people's minds and people's hearts? Mm-hmm. Breaking the statue is not gonna gonna dismantle that, right. right? It's when people realize, it's when people actually realize and come to the understanding that people are people. Yeah. That nope, and this goes for black people too, because because white supremacy affects everybody, not only just white people. White people are affected by it in the sense that even the most poor, uh, ratchet, uh, hillbilly still thinks that he has something a grade above a person of color. And that's why I got white skin. So I'm still a little bit better than you. But but it affects the black people by, and for the ones that don't think they're less, you have many black people that push in the opposite direction that say, you know what? No, we're not less than you. We're actually the best people. Because look, we jump high, we rap good. We're the best. We're, we're supreme. We got melanin. We could be outside for a long time. It's all stupid. Hmm. Until people realize that we're all just human beings, we're all just drops of sperm, and that and that us arguing with each other about who's better is just as stupid as a black ant and a red ant arguing with each other over who's who's the best ant. <laughs> we're all just little ants, man. Until we realize that as as people, as Americans, that nobody's better than anybody else, that we're all just people here, then we're gonna have these problems. Right? Yeah. This is this is an ideal. How do we dismantle that? I mean, I think that that it's gonna take a uh, not only just a, 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 a ideological revolution, a spiritual revolution. It's, it's going to take a whole lot. You know yeah. what I mean? But but busting a statue is not going to. It's not going to. That's not going to solve it. But yeah. for those who's doing it, I don't knock them. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> you're like again, not losing sleep. Um, yeah. uh, let, let me let's let's catch up on chat a little bit because uh, I saw some stuff going down on here and no. Uh, uh, so this is our history, a great place to learn from. Thank you, Girl 2.0. I think so, too. I think so, too. I mean, someone who's living it, who lived it, who's in it, in the middle of it. Uh, absolutely. Um, I'm very proud to be from Bristol, where we recently chucked a statue of a slave trader into the dock. Uh, there's been so much more awareness of the history since that happened. I don't think it's erasing history at all. Hmm. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, hey, right on. Nimoy says, hey, right on, and he gives the fist. And and, and then, uh, of course, we have... I, I love this. I love that you have a Cornell West emo. He has a Cornell West e- emo. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, I don't think removing a statue is destroying history. I think it's taking that person from a place of honor. I don't advocating... That's Girl 2.0. Nimoy says, I don't advocate breaking shit, but who is learning anything about history by looking at a statue? I mean, I do. I like reading statues. I, like, when I go to new places, I read the statue. That's how I learn. But that's me. Girl 2.0, yeah. 100. Uh, if I walk into yeah. New York City and see a statue in Times Square of a KKK person, I would think the people here agree with the honor that... Oh, I would agree here, agree with and honor that person. For sure, it's a symbol more than history lesson. Hmm. Yeah, and just my my own bias is Please. that I don't like I don't my own bias is that I don't I don't like statues. Period. I mean, <laughs> even I mean even people that I like. I mean, I think that I think that 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 because I'm a I'm a I guess what you would term a monotheist. I mean a a, a strict monotheist, meaning that that uh, I mean I believe in one God, right? So. So I think that anybody that's that that people take the time to erect a statue for right a, a large massive mm. monument I think it's I think it's putting a human being on too high of a pedestal yeah. no matter how great the person is we're just we're just people right yeah. the golden calf I mean, any, yeah yeah any person yeah right I mean we slip into a slippery slope of uh, 
of idolizing somebody who probably was like felt the same way. Like, I'm just a person, man. I'm just doing my job here. Do what I did. Don't make a statue of me. Just do what I did. Be a good person. Yeah. Or even for the good people. Right. So I don't I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't really like I don't really like those um, those those monuments in the first place, even to great people. I mean, you know, I don't you know, I, I respect the idea, but I think any of those people, if they were here, they may be honored, but they may be a little frightened to see that. Like, you know, hey, I'm not as I had some skeletons in my closet as well. You yeah. know, yeah. so, you know, that's just my take. My own bias. What, when you were talking about, you know, you know, getting, I don't know, changing the hearts of people, you know, changing the hearts of humankind to not hate um, is what do you think are some of the ways forward for this? I mean, I, I, I mean, it, here's a little bit of my take of what I'm seeing in, in, um, in, 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 in the idea of censorship and freedom of speech. Just, just I'm seeing a lot of people not able to sort of talk things through um, in a public forum or even privately, you know, people getting canceled and stuff. Um, but, you know, what, what are, what do you think is some of the ways forward here? Um, and, and, you know, feel free to comment on censorship as well, if you'd like, but, uh, you know, what, what, how do you see us going forward to, to, to how do you remove hate from mankind's heart? <laughs> That's that's a huge question. Like I don't. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, like there has to be something that I mean because the work that you do is related to this, right? Like the work that you do is related to figuring out how we get past these these barriers that are being made. Right. I I think um, for me personally. It was, you know, and, 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 you know, I was named after Malcolm X and, and, and reading his story kind of inspired me as well. And I mean, you know, one of the things that he said when he came back from his pilgrimage was that uh, I believe if the white man in, in America was to understand Islam, then it would it would help them in their race problems because he was he had some racist ideals. And he went and he saw these people from Uzbekistan and Turkey and these people that by all accounts in America would be considered white. That that idea was removed from their mind. They're like, hey, we're all humanity, right? We all we all pray to the same God. We all, you know, what I mean, we we all die the same, right? So I think for me, that was that was, and I never been a I never been a hate, hateful racist person because because I'm mixed ancestry, right? I got white people, black. Now I could have, right? Because in America, no matter how much black you got in you, you're black. If you're black, you're black because of the old one drop rule, right? Mm. But for me, it's never been a it's never been a thing. Right. But more tapping more into my own spirituality really helped me really drove home the fact that that humankind is one. Right. We're, we're one. We have cultural nuances and that's what makes us beautiful. Right. And, and the Quran says that 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 God made us different tribes that we may know one each one each one another. And, and it's, it's a sign for us that you can have all these different colored people all from one root source. But I think anybody, anybody that has uh, any type of. Uh, uh, ideology or, or spiritual beliefs, or even people that believe that are, are, are Darwinist, I guess. If, if a person really stands on what they say they believe, then it will lead them back to the, to the, to the, to the oneness, right? For instance, I, I, like, let's say, um, let's say a person that really reads the Bible, right? If you just really, if you really claim to, to practice what you believe, then 
there would be no need for no racism, right? I mean, because certainly uh, Jesus wasn't wasn't telling nobody to uh, to hate people. I mean, you know, his message was that hey, this is this is for everybody. It's for the Jews. It's for the Gentiles. It's it's for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. We're all we're all we're all one. Um, I guess if you talk to a Darwinist or or evolutionist, that's you know, it's going to say hey, we all come from some amoeba. So where is this racism coming from, right? We we come from some single cell organism, right? And for me, it's that you know that that God made us many tribes out of one group, one two people, right? So so and, and nobody has no inherent uh, uh, superiority to anybody. So if these people that claim to believe these uh, evangelical ideals, you know, if they just follow what's what's in their book, if they follow with the message and, and stop making their own interpretations, they'll be all right. Now, for those who whose ideology is inherently that one group is better than the, than the other people, they need to dismantle that and throw it away. They need to throw that away and dismantle it. You know what I mean? And so I think that um, that that the core is is definitely man. It's ideologically, it's spiritual, and it's also just accepting the reality. We have to accept the reality of who we are. You know, if if we keep on if we keep on um, selling ourselves these illusions and believing a lie, we're gonna find ourselves in the same place. Um. So you you think that to get past this idea of get get hatred, if we're trying to erase hatred from mankind, we got you you believe that that religion plays a part in it, and that 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 uh, dismantling these 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 ideologies that um that don't sort of fit in with this idea of oneness to sort of get rid of them yeah religion but also also tolerance you know tolerance. what i mean mm-hmm. but also tolerance because everybody's not going to believe the same thing yes we're just not going to so so for those i, I got a lot of community members right that that People from my tribe, I say tribe, black people, that when I talk to them, I say, hey, I believe, I, you know, I believe in one God. They say, well, I don't pray to nobody. I pray to my ancestors. I believe in my ancestors. Now, for me personally, I'm not going to pray to somebody that, that has worms eating their eyeballs out, right? I'm not going to pray somebody that couldn't keep itself alive. <clears throat> but if that's what you want to do, hey, I'm cool with that. I have no problem with that. I'm not going to knock you down because that's what you believe. I can still work with you to help us get out of our current situation mm. because they're not, they're not oppressing us because I'm Muslim and you're, you practice voodoo or voodoo and you believe in the ancestors and you, know, you call yourself a Hebrew or a Jew or whatever. They're, they're, they're oppressing us because we're poor and we're people of color and we live in these poor in, in communities. So we have to be able to work with each other despite our ideological differences. Be tolerant of that and continue to push towards a common goal, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, yeah, for us who, 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 who have some strong convictions um, and, and spiritual paths that we should follow those and stick to them as much as possible, right? But understanding that, we have, that we're gonna have different ideas, we also need tolerance and cooperation within that as well, right? Don't look at the person that's an evangelical, evangelical or Catholic and be like, hey, you guys, oh, you guys are, are following the Pope. Don't look at the Muslims, hey, you guys are terrorists. Don't look at the people that practice Udon. Oh, you guys are doing black magic. So what? Is it hurting you? No. Let's work together. Let's push forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I like that that idea. What what do you, I mean? What what would you say for the people? I mean, because the the idea of religion these days seems to turn off a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of people who are just you know 
I don't believe in that. I don't believe in God or even have that. I mean, what do you say to those people who 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 maybe lack maybe not lack spirituality, but maybe lack a a God figure in their life that maybe they don't, you know, they're just they sort of you know, just or the people who just turn on religion altogether, you know, who are just Yeah. They say the biggest religion, the fastest growing religion uh in America is people who say I I don't have a religion, right? It doesn't mean that they don't believe in a God. And and, and, and I mean, my own personal opinion is that everybody has a religion, right? And anything that you do religiously is part of your religion. Mm-hmm. If you wake up every morning, it's like, hey, I got to have a blunt in the morning and get a talk in. You know what I'm saying? I got to put on my right shoe before my left shoe. Mm-hmm. I got to watch Gilmore Girls at 8 o'clock <laughs> every Tuesday, right? right? This is your way. This is your path. This is your religion and everybody to some degree even by by that standard has a a god right a a a figure that's the overriding overarching uh supreme entity for some it's the universe for some it's uh their god's name is nothing like i don't believe in nothing where you go when you die who who do you got to answer to nothing what you know what i mean so i mean everybody has something right uh for them for them that say they have nothing i mean I would say that that you do have something, and and it might be you might be the only one that adheres to that, or it might be a billion people that adhere to that. But but my thing is that we can't agree on certain universal truths, right? There's there's the truth, and there's subjective things, right? But one thing that for sure that I would say is pretty much universal for anybody is that uh, what goes around comes around. When you do bad, bad is going to come back to you. Right. Some say it's karma. Some say you reap what you sow. So if, if if you understand some universal truths that if you're a jacked up person, that the situation is going to be jacked up. And even even the scientists for every uh, action, there is an equal reaction, whatever the case may be. Equal opposite. It, it, equal. Oh, yeah. How? Yeah. I got know, you. some. We got basic you. terms. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. I'm not a. I, and my major is not mathematics, but you know, what I mean. or, or physics or whatever that is. But it's all the same shit. It's all the same. <laughs> but if you understand that, that if you're a piece of crap, you're going to find yourself in crappy situations. Stop being a piece of crap. You know what I mean? I don't care. I don't, I don't care what you believe. You don't have to believe what I believe in. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I don't have to believe what you, you believe. And we're not going to. Mm. But stop being a piece of crap, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, no, you're, you're right, because... You know, for for people who might even see in themselves that they need a change, you know, and, and without the direction of God or whatever, like maybe they're just they don't believe in that, and and you know that's a good thing that God provides for people that they it, God provides direction and morality and and and, and this. This idea of oneness and this idea of love and it's it you know generally when when you when you take out all the horrors that that religion has caused as well um, you know generally it's there's some good stuff in there right and some good like deep fundamental human truths that live in those those books um, but I mean like with with somebody who's who's trying to find some sort of meaning and maybe they don't have any kind of direction. And a pathway like that, and and with God, you have community as well. You know, you have a, a place to go worship with other people. As someone who's just sort of this lonely person who has this sort of, 
idea like you know god is dead and this is this sort i just live in this shitty life that i i'm just trying to accept you know how do you dig yourself out and i, I think you're, you're right like that's a good step is like well first if you feel like you're a piece of crap you're 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 recognizing it that means that you're taking that first step in recognizing that oh shit maybe i need there's something i need to change and um it, it reminds me of this this writer who who he's kind of controversial he's a doctor his name is jordan peterson who he writes a lot about um the idea of individualism and and the idea of 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 doing better for yourself and and in 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 turn that betters your community when people see you doing better, it inspires, or, or however it does, is this idea of doing better for yourself. And, and sort of like one of the chapters is called, it's like, clean your room. It's like, start by cleaning your room. And I think that you sort of touch on that. It's like, if you want to, if you find yourself in this situation and you feel like you're a piece of shit, well, maybe start working on ways of not being a piece of shit. Because by the very fact of recognizing that you're a piece of shit, you're working toward bettering yourself. And, right. and I think that's a, a strong point that we sort of just bristled over because, you know, it's easy just to be like, stop being a piece of shit. It's <laughs> duh. <laughs> like, which, which is a very, which, you know what? Like, when you say it like that, like how you say it, like, and being married to your sister, like, you guys both have that very, it's like, well, just stop doing that. Just stop it. That's all you got to do is just stop doing that. Whereas, you know, for yeah. some people, it's very hard. You know, it's very hard for some people to just stop doing things. You know, yeah. it, like for me, like losing weight was very sorry. It's fucking still hard to keep weight off. You know, it's right. still hard, but it's something I overcame. And, and, and in turn, I see what it did. It inspires people around me, inspired family, people in my community, people I interact with. They're like, wow, man, Mike can do it. Mike got out there and jogged his big ass down the street. And now he's, you know, he lost weight. Like I could do that shit. If Mike can do that shit. I could do that shit. And so right, you start. Right. You start. You start by with yourself. And um, and that's. I, I I think that that's kind of a point that that's kind of a like a a, a deeper dive into you just be like stop being a piece of crap. Um, right. I mean, do you that's, agree? That's, with, do you agree with those? That what I yeah. Just said? I, mean, I, I I agree with you, man. And, and you know, and but I also. I mean, I like the fact that 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 you know we're we're, we're able to talk about right now about um, you know uh, social issues, politics, religion, and all of that, right? And and you know I'm in a I'm in an academic setting right now. I'm you know I'm in the university, and you know a lot of stuff is just based on uh, what they term to be proof, archaeological evidence, and you know who they term to be uh, reputable sources and mm -hmm. things like that, and although they would say opinion doesn't have any really any place they use opinion a lot as well yeah. but 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 i also understand that you know some people just aren't going to stop being pieces of crap because mm -hmm. because people care about profit more than they do people's lives right mm -hmm. so yeah. this is now this takes me to the next point right please on the line of on the line of of religion right and and i just kind of mentioned this at a, at a rally i was just at uh, about a week ago, I, I, I think I talked to you guys that day. I was downtown, but that yeah. this is why, for me myself personally, and and I'm sure the academic world of academia would call it a coping mechanism or a, 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 an opinion to help me deal with with some jacked up stuff in life. Mm -hmm. But this is why I I truly believe that there is there is some form of hell because mm -hmm. because this criminal justice system is not just it's unjust yeah. 
This world is unjust. There are some people that are going to do wrong their whole lives. Gonna, they're going to rape. They're going to pillage. They're going to they're going to do people wrong. They're going to exploit people and they're going to live high on the hog and they're going to die some rich old guy. Right. And there's kids that are being that are being raped, cut up into little pieces, thrown over bridges and their murders, murderers never found. Right. And this is why, you know, for one, we continue to fight. But I have to understand, like Martin Luther King said, I, I you know, I, I might, might not see the promised land. I might do all of this work and might not even see the results, right? But for him, it was a bigger cause than just, oh, I want you to remember me as being this great person. It was a divine calling that, look, when it's all said and done, that this whole world is not for nothing, that when I leave here, that I did what I was supposed to do on this planet. But for those people, because there's no justice really in this world, we get a little small taste of justice and all the fight we do, we get those little bit of justices. We're like, finally, you know, all the injustice, we finally got a little bit of justice. But some of us are never going to see that. So I have, to, I have to know that for that little baby that was raped and cut up into little pieces and their murderer was never found and that person continued to live a life, there has to be some ultimate justice for that baby, right? There has to be some, some at, when it's all said and done, that person, you didn't get away with that. Right. You did not get away with that, that you're going to have to you're going to have to punish for what you did. So for that, I, I, I strongly believe that for these people that are going to continue to be pieces of crap, continue to be oppressors, that there's a special place in hell for those people. But we're not fighting because we want them to go to hell. We're not fighting because we want to go to heaven. We're fighting because we truly believe that when it's all said and done, we did what we were supposed to do on this planet. We weren't just in the way, taking up air, uh, emitting carbon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to read this. Nimoy wrote this. Programming requires, uh, should require <clears throat> tests to cover all the functionality. Machine learning requires running multiple simulations to find the right values. We live in the multiverse. Someone in the next dimension is running some parallel tests. Now, he said not to take this seriously, but it does there there is this idea that there is a multiverse uh, any comments on that malcolm any any comments on the multiverse I, I, <laughs> I yeah i mean i can i can comment on that i mean i think that because like you know i i dive into into like text and and one of my emphasis in in, in studies right now is um uh, is Arabic, right? Mm. And so when I read when I read the, the Quran in Arabic, it says uh, it says God is the 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 Rabbil Alamin, right? The Lord of the worlds, right? The yeah. worlds, and it and it kind of puts this plurality that there's things out there that we can't even fathom, right? Mm. We're we're just in the last hundred years or so, we've just come into the the idea that there may be different dimensions, right? Mm. Um, the, you know, if, if you would have told a person a thousand years ago that, hey, on your hand, there's billions of little creatures right now. They're eating each other. They're hunting each other. They're they're reproducing and stuff like that. They're like, man, you're crazy. <laughs> but like, you know, now we have microscopes and we're like, man, look at all this bacteria on our hand, man. There's billions of little. It's a whole world right there. That yeah. It's previously it was an unseen world. Right. So I think that um, when, we, when we do start talking about. Uh, these deep matters like this we got to understand too that we don't know jack we don't know mm. nothing man yeah. and there's you know there's whole realities that we can't even begin to wrap our minds around so um 
you know, whether there's uh, multiverses or there's definitely worlds we don't know about. And there's definitely entities that may be composed of some type of matter or antimatter we can't even fathom. Mm. So I think that's another thing, man, when we start talking about back to the little red ant and the white ant, um, the red ant and the black ant. Remember, you're just ants, man. And, and, and how does how does a car look to an ant? Does the ant know that they're on a car? They're just like, man, what is this? This is just this big red earth that I'm on right now, man. Right. You know, does they know that it's a vehicle that somebody's going to drive? Maybe, maybe not, man. So, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that 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 idea of, 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 of us just being ants on that red car, I mean, you're absolutely right. We're just this, we're on this big organic space shuttle, just <laughs> catapulting through space and time. And it, it, yeah, I mean, the, the idea that... To, to say that there's not a multiverse, I think is is kind of is kind of ridiculous. To, to just because how can you say with certainty that there is not, and and this and, and that leaves open room open for me and God as well. That that's kind of where God lives for me as well. And, and um, I'm not like I'm not trying to say I'm a godless asshole or anything. I'm just saying that like I've had my problems with religion and God just on my own personal thing, but. I've come to terms with God because there is there you can only go so far with science. You can only go so far with it until even scientists are like, "Well, it's magic." I don't you know, I don't know, magic. It's like it's like the big bang and and then like breaking down atoms. It's like you you get to quarks and then you get to this and then and then there's molecules that are going in and out of fucking existence and in on some weird wavelength. And they don't know where that shit's going. It just blanks out of existence and then it's back. What the fuck? God, that's easy. It's easy for me to see God in that that idea that in that idea. I actually kind of posited that idea to somebody who uh, uh, on the show, and they were just saying like, "Well, what?" So, so he was basically saying, "So for you, God is the 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 thing that fills in the blank, that thing that that mystery that science can't explain." So he's like, "So what if you knew everything to everything that you could know?" Uh, or everything to know, you know, all those rant, you know, the like the molecules in and out of existence. If you knew all that stuff, so is does God exist then? Does God still exist for you? And I've never been asked that because that's a very interesting question. <laughs> and I was like, well, then I would suppose then that I, that would make me God. And then, absolutely. And then and then that sort of went into this idea of of looking at the, the the Bible and and you know looking at like these stories and anyways it, it was just a very interesting idea you know the the um the that that he posited back at me and and I, I don't know it, you actually lit up there when I said that that would make me God what what was your how does that fall on you yeah I mean there's certain I mean I guess on a on a deeper theological level there's certain things that are uh, necessities for any any being that you would want to call god or the supreme god or the pinnacle of all beings mm -hmm. right god we're just going to use this generic term right now god and certain of these necessary attributes are that that god must possess that nothing else can possess right you talked about the big bang theory right big bang theory is it's plausible it's a plausible theory right it's, and i'm not I'm not anti-science, right? I'm I'm not as a religious person, I'm not I'm not anti-Big Bang, right? But the the problem that they're they're falling into is that 
when you when you start breaking down the Big Bang Theory, and I, Stephen Hawkins, I believe it was, who said that if you're going to if we're going to come to a point a single point of origin, then we have to start dealing with imaginary numbers. Meaning, okay, what does that mean? That means that that if you say that everything came from a starting point, that everything has a starting point, then if you use regular numbers, it's going to leave you with the um, the uh, what do they call the? Uh, I can't think of the name right now, but it's it's a fallacy that basically says that um, you're going to say, well, what came before that? Mm -hmm. What came before that? Yeah. It's going to leave you with a uh, with a with, with with something that's going to be like, what came before it's the chicken or the egg? Right. right. You're going to have to your, your numbers can't rationalize that. Mm -hmm. So so you have to deal with when you're talking about the divine, you have to say that one of the necessary attributes is is that this divine thing always existed and has no beginning, mm -hmm. beginningless. Right. That has right. to be one of the necess necessary attributes. Also, endlessness. And that, that right there befuddles our own mental capacity, right? Because how can something have no beginning, right? How can, right. Because we only know beginning and endings because we're, we're trapped in the realm of time and space. Another thing is all hearing, right? Something that, that if this being exists, that it has to, one of the necessary attributes is that it hears all things at all times, which is also befuddles our, our mind. Mm. Another necessary attribute is all knowing. This this entity would have to know all things, right? Because knowledge to 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 start such a intricate system, it would take knowledge, right? So if you could possess this this attribute that could only be possessed by the the supreme being by God, mm. and 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 you possess that attribute, then you would be that being, right? But unfortunately, I haven't I haven't I haven't found uh, an entity in the realm of time and space that possessed any of those attributes uh so and this you know takes us like when i studied aristotle in that you know in his book of metaphysics he spoke about the unmoved mover right like everything moves right everything everything moves and and, and has direction there has to be one that is unmoved that moves all things and he came to this long tedious uh argument to say that yeah, something had to have had to have always existed, and something got to be moving this whole thing that's not moved itself, right? So yeah, that that would uh, I mean your your I think your your estimation would be correct that yeah if, if you had that capacity to know all things, then I mean you would be God. But then right? you would be stuck in that position of like then where did I come from? Yeah, I mean if if you, like if, how did I get here now? If I know all these things that existed and that makes me God, then what made me? But I mean, I mean, then you would know all things, right? But then you would know it, so then you would know. So I guess you're right. Then that that's it. You're there. You hit it. We're there, everybody. We're God now. All right. That's say them. My my my. Must be the person running the simulation. He possesses. Uh, if anybody's high watching this, you know, I'm sorry. I know he's probably your body. Um. Um, the the way all that I want to drop. Hey, glitter, welcome to stream. I'm just gonna go ahead and give the glitter call here. Um, um so I was, you know, kind of reining back from the the God talk and all, which was very wonderful. Uh, you sort of getting back to the work that you do, and I, I you work with you work. Uh, can you just tell me exactly what you do, what what your work is, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I um 
I work with Pillars of the Community, right? We're an uh, uh, organization in San Diego that, uh, I mean, you, you uh, we could sum up a lot of the stuff that we're doing, right? The latest thing that we're doing, and we have a lot of programs. One of them is that we do like uh, expungement clinics, helping people get stuff off their records, um, get their, their record wiped clean. We do what's called participatory defense. Basically, we go into the courts uh, prior to COVID. We go into the courts, we see who needs help with their case, Who's, who are they trying to railroad in the courtroom uh, and see do they need support? Do they just need people to show up to show that they have family support? Because it makes a difference. When you go into a courtroom all by yourself, the people are looking like, like, at you like, like a whole bunch of wolves on a, on a lonely lamb. Mm. But when they see you got a whole flock around you, it's like, hold on a second, this person has support. Right. So we do that. We support people, see if they need bios put together. We also, um, lately, where we just started is uh, Cop Watch. So we're going around, we're, um, we're listening. To, to see what's taking place in the city uh, with, the, with the police, who they're, who they're harassing, who they're stopping. And we're pulling up with cameras and we're telling people, hey, you know what I'm saying? You, you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't need to answer any of their questions. What's your badge number? You know, and, and kind of compiling this data to show what areas are people being the most targeted. Because if we just say, hey, you know, they're over policing our neighborhoods, they're going to say, well, what's your proof? Where's your data? Right? So this is one of the things we're doing. But so... I could say all these things, but for me, it, it, I can sum it up a little bit simpler. Uh, what we basically do is, is slavery abolition work hmm. because we talked earlier and, and I think we came to the conclusion that slavery does still in fact exist. Yeah, and, and by extension of that, second class citizenship exists, right? Because slavery is a form of second class citizenship. And there's people that may not be necessarily on the plantation, like in Angola prison or San Quentin prison, but they're still second class citizens. So our work is slavery abolition, um, slavery abolition work uh, and putting into second class citizenship and um, in America, which is essentially a fight against oppression. Yeah. How much when you're reaching out, because you work with a lot of young men, right? A lot of young men in particular, um, a lot of young black and, and black and brown men. Um, do you, how much do you guys, I mean, like, I know you're going in and, and you're talking to people, who, you're trying to help people who are already in the system and stuff, but how much do you guys talk about voting and how much do you guys talk about, like, how important is that at the core of the messaging, um, voting uh, in particular yeah our 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 work is kind of like it's really like twofold right mm -hmm. it's it's part of it is um like direct action working with the individuals mm -hmm. right trying to trying to uh provide economic opportunities um working with people on the ground getting people that are in the community active gang members and getting them involved and engaged in their community to, to do good things in the community mm -hmm. right trying to form allegiances between crips and bloods to where they can bring peace in their neighborhood and, yeah. and, and stop hating each other right but, but all part of it is also political action right um engaging with political re elected representatives pushing the line on them and saying, hey, look, this is what we want. This is what we want to see pass. Will you support this or won't you support this? Right. Remember, we helped. We had people holding signs for you. Mm -hmm. um, but but the other thing is that this because you asked how important it is. And we always encourage for those who can vote to vote. But and, and, and me personally, I mean, I, I'm a lot stronger on, on local policies than national people right mm -hmm. i don't just like right now to be honest with you i'm not excited about 
any other people that are running for president right now. <laughs> you and right? me, bro. Like, yeah, it's one of these lesser of two evil situations, right? Yeah. Um, but on a local level, the policies um, that are that are shaping our, our communities, they make a difference, right? Yes. Like for instance, I give you an example. Um, uh, the last time, the last ballot that came out, we had two initiatives. One was that to do uh, do away with the death penalty, and the other was to speed it up because the argument was that it's taking too much. Too many, too much taxpayers' money. They're sitting on death row for 27 years. Uh, we need to just hurry up and just execute them and get it done with. Mm. A lot of the people that are affected by the death penalty, and mind you, I have a personal friend that's on death row right now. I oh, got shit. a personal friend whose brother's on death row right now, right? And, and, and yeah, they did a crime, but basically, death penalty says you're irredeemable. You mm. deserve to be shot up with this poison that's going to paralyze you and then slowly kill you. Um, so the, the people voted that they should speed up the death penalty, right? Oh, so shit. now, thankfully, Governor Newsom said he's going to put a moratorium on all uh, executions because we see that that people are being killed and DNA is coming back 25 years later saying, hey, this guy really didn't do it. Hmm. Some of them, it's too late. They're dead now, right? Yeah. So anyways, I say that to say I was in prison when Proposition 47 passed. I saw people go home. I saw crimes that were felonies be turned to misdemeanors, possession of drugs that was people were doing 10 years on. They went home. So I, I, I'm going to sum it up right now that the way that the, the mass incarceration system came to be is, was through legislation. It was through initiatives. It was through some by the, the conservatives like Bush and some through the liberals like like Clinton, the Clintons, who were trying to compete against the uh, against the, the conservatives to show how hard they were on crime so they can get those swing voters. Mm -hmm. They all put out policies to keep us in cages for a long time. So because legislation put us in these boxes, there's only two ways of, of changing the system. It's either through making legislation to reverse that, or it's through revolution. The problem, that these are the pros and cons about both of them. Mm. Legislation is a slow process. It's a slow process. And you have to, you have to engage people to vote. And when you put out legislation, there's always always anti-legislation that can be put out to reverse what you just did. Mm -hmm. But it's it's more peaceful. Revolution is a lot quicker and it's a lot more sweeping. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is that it requires bloodshed. There's never been a revolution without bloodshed and, 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 and war. There's never been a, a, a peaceful revolution. Yeah. Those are the pros and cons. But as far as I'm concerned, those are the only ways to accomplish the change that we want to see in this country. Mm. And, you know, and I, for for uh, for sure, would, would rather see a peaceful end uh, to this change. Yeah. 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 I mean, absolutely. That that seems to be that seems to be the best way out. I mean, for everybody. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I know people are making a big deal about this, but the president has not said if he's going to leave peacefully. I know people are kind of blowing that up, but that does matter to some people. It does matter, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, like here in, uh, in, up in Michigan, we had those, these fucking weirdo rednecks fucking were, were plotting to kidnap the governor. And then, you know, we, it's, it, it's, there is, there is, I mean, you know, people are, you know, taking over blocks and, and cities and police stations. Like, people are moving in that direction. You know what I mean? It's already sort of starting. Um, and that's scary as shit, honestly, it is. Um, yeah. But uh, the voting part, I'm curious. With the, with, with, 
with the people you're working with, how, what's your gauge? And I know without the data, but from just your own personal gauge, how important is voting to, to the people that you work with? <sighs> the people that I work with, um, I mean, and not like your coworkers, but you know, like the uh, people that you're actually that you're that you're serving, you know, in, in your work. Yeah, 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 yeah. The people I'm, and that's the difference. The people that I'm doing the work with, they see the importance of it, and they're very well informed, mm-hmm. right, of of, of uh, the initiatives that are being put out, and they participate. Unfortunately, the people that we worked with directly, a lot of them that 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 right has been taken away from them right so a lot of them can't vote right and a lot of them have just a lot of them have lost all hope in 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 the voting process we we have people that we've had call um to like for instance just uh, recently to defund the um the police we have people call um to defund basically to not spend any more money from the budget to fund police, the police department in San Diego. They're already getting a lot of money where people were calling in just saying, hey, don't take any more money that could be spent on parks and recs and schools and taking and spend it on the police. Like, I forget how many people called, but it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of people called in to the, to the city council and they ended up still deciding to, to spend like 27 million extra dollars on the police department. So this things like this discourage people. A lot of people are totally discouraged and saying, I'm not voting, it doesn't make a difference. So that's, um, and it's understandable. I understand where they're coming from. So that's that's the challenge we deal with. So I have to I have to tell people, okay, if you're not gonna vote, what, what you gonna do then? Are you ready? Are you ready for revolution? Are you ready to, 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 to take things into your own hands and make this nation one that represents you, like it says that you have the right to do in the Declaration of Independence? If not, get engaged, vote. But it's, it's, an, uphill, it's an uphill battle, you know what I mean? And, 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 and to be honest, I, I understand totally people's sentiments, totally. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if anybody gets it, you get it. You get it uh, for sure. You know, you know when you when you're talking about defunding police, you know, there's a lot of controversy around that. And um, you know, like when you look at cities like New York City, who's sort of seen this really huge crime wave going on, and and they are defunding the police and such. And and there are cities. And, and you do see this massive spike in crime. Where right now you see in New York City specifically that there is just a mass exodus of people who are sort of leaving um, for safety and, and, you know, the virus. And it's just not an ideal place for a fucking pandemic. I mean, what, what do you think? What do you? What would you say in regards to when you see uh, cities defunding police and seeing the outcome come out in a negative way? I mean, what what is how how do you respond to that? Well, I mean, the first thing is that I haven't I haven't seen any uh, numbers that indicate that that on a large scale that cities that have started defunding police are seeing uh, an increase in crime. The next thing is that I don't think that that I don't think that police officers stop crime from happening, right? I don't think they stop crime from happening. Mm-hmm. I've never been stopped by an officer from committing the crime. Certainly, uh, I've been I've been 
arrested after a crime was committed. Um, You're right. I, I, I'm thinking back all the times <clears throat> that I've done like stupid shit. It's always after the crime is done. It's like it's right. That's when you're answering questions. Yeah. yeah. But but I think that the idea of defund the police eh, that I think there's a, a there's a misunderstanding a lot of times what that what what that means. Right. We have we have two two conversations going on right now. One is abolish the police. Mm-hmm. The two is defund the police. Now, even abolish the police, right? Even some of them, I think, get a misrepresentation. Of course, there are anarchists, right? There are people that are saying we don't need anything on the streets telling us what to do. We don't. I mean, I'm. I don't agree with that, right? I was in prison, and a lot of times, the only thing that kept the police, uh, the peace, was uh, people policing our, us policing ourselves. Mm. We have put, and, and I don't, people don't like that word. It's an ugly word, right? That's like calling somebody a snitch or a whole cake or something like that, right? <laughs> calling me the police. But, right. but we, we, you know, we, we policed ourselves. And a lot of the times, look, if, if, a, if let's say, because California prisons are very segregated, I don't want to just say racist. I'm just want to, I'm going to say segregated, right? It's like America without all the pretty makeup on it. It's <laughs> just how it is, right? Mm-hmm. If a Mexican steps on a black person's shoes, and doesn't say excuse me. The black person goes to the Mexican representative, the shot caller, and says, "Hey, man, this guy just stepped on my shoe, man. He didn't say excuse me." They're gonna say, "Hey, homie, go do 50 push-ups right now. If not, we're gonna DP. We're gonna we're gonna discipline you. We're gonna beat you up, and you're gonna learn your lesson, right? If we didn't have that structure of people policing themselves, there would be chaos. Mm. There would be a lot more violence, right? So in that sense." So some of the people that are saying abolish the police are saying we are perfect, perfectly capable of policing ourselves. We need people from our community, from our neighborhoods that are going to, when something happens, they're going to look at somebody and say, hey, you're such and such his nephew. I know, hey, I know you, man. I know your mom. I'm not going to be so fast to pull the trigger and shoot you. Right. I'm going to try to find a resolution, right? Mm-hmm. So they're saying abolish the police as it is right now. Yeah. People from outside of the community that don't know anybody in the community come, are fresh from Iraq and coming into the community looking at people as enemy combatants. Yeah. We, need to, we need to abolish that, right? Now, as far as defund goes, defund is seen as a, as a means to that type of abolishment, right? Mm-hmm. So what it's saying is that the police already get X amount of dollars. There's so many police on the streets, so many police in our neighborhoods. They're saying that we don't want to spend any more money out of our hard-earned taxpayer dollars to hire more police officers, to buy more tanks, to buy more AK-47s and taser guns and shiny new Ford Crown Victorias for the police department. Mm. Keep them where they're at. And and matter of fact, don't just keep them where they're at. We need to start taking a few more dollars out of their budget and put it to somewhere that's going to stop crime, really. How about putting studios in the community so instead of little kids going out shooting each other, they can rap about how much they want to shoot somebody in the studio, right? Mm. It's a simple concept, Mm. right? Because, 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 What's really going to stop crime is is going to is going to be providing more jobs for young people that don't have job opportunities, right? Yeah. It's going to is it's going to be providing housing for people that are outside and that are homeless and don't have anywhere to live and need to find a way how to buy a motel room for the night, right? This is going to be things that's going to prevent crime, not putting more police on the streets. That's just going to cause more people to go to jail because they still have quotas to meet. Yeah. Each extra officer has an extra quota that they need to meet. That means that's X amount of more people they need to pull over that they're going to find with a gram of cocaine on them or something like that because they just wanted to get high. It's yeah. going to be somebody in, a, in a, another homeless person filling up the jail. Right. right. saying we need to take 
our money and put it elsewhere that we think is going to really benefit our community. So I have um, someone here that I know who who is from New York City who's living there currently, um, and, and they're saying that that there absolutely has been an increase in crime here since in New York City since defunding the police has happened. Um, any response to that? I know that's a that's one person, but I, I know for a fact that he lives in in, in New York City. So I, I, I and and he's a pretty pretty informed person. So. I I, hey. I I haven't read the numbers personally or, or seen it or anything either. It's just what you see in these news and you read an article here. You know, it's just what you read. But, you know, I, I'm just curious on what your response is to, to someone who's living it right now. Yeah, I mean, one, I mean, I would have to see that the money is being taken from the uh, out of the police budget. Where is the money being spent? Mm -hmm. For one, I mean, that, that makes a big difference. Right. So I can't comment. But anybody that that believes that taking more taxpayer money and putting it uh, because there was a lot going on with the police. I mean, all the stop and frisk stuff. I mean, right. New York has a long history of, uh, okay. of issues with the police department. Absolutely. But anybody that believes that uh, allocating more money towards the police is going to keep the streets safer, then I, I, that's their fight. And, and I, I would not discourage them from going and advocating and putting in their activism work to say, hey, let's take more money and give it to the police. <laughs> It's just that I would. Well, I don't think that's what I don't think that's what hate no, no. the human race is saying. But I I I think that they're just commenting on you know, I I think they're just responding to you know like you haven't seen the numbers or you haven't there has been no real proof of it happening, but you know there but there yeah, is yeah. there are I mean there is there's talk of it. It's it's ha somebody's yeah. saying it. You know. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't doubt that that may be the case. But I think that there's probably a lot of factors. Like, for instance, in San Diego, we have I'm part of a coalition called the, um, the Community Budget Alliance, the CBA. And what we do, <clears throat> we do a lot of lobbying work and we put together budgets with it's a whole bunch of different uh, organizations that say, hey, look. We want X amount of dollars. To, we, we don't want any more money to be funded on the police department, but instead, this is where we want the funds to be allocated mm -hmm. towards. Because we're in the communities that are the most heavily impacted by police um, initiatives, and, and, and we think that these would be beneficial for our community to prevent these things. Now, the funds that are not being divested in the police department or defunded from the police department uh, in, in New York, I have no idea where those funds are being spent. So I, I think there's probably a lot of factors at play. I really can't speak to it. I mean, I'm, I'm not... I'm not ashamed to say I don't know. When it comes to <laughs> yeah. and when it comes to New York, I don't know. I right, mean, that's you know? not the city. That's not the community you're working hands on in. No, yeah. and, and 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 he was just <laughs> responding, and and um and, and I get it. And I, I let, let's let's get a little more on this chat here. Um, Nimoy said a little bit earlier the city council is thinking we got mass protests. We need more police funding to handle it and keep people safe. Yeah, no revolution, please. Yeah, no revolution. Don't want to get shot by the boogaloo's. Yeah, no, nobody does. Uh, I'd expect some police departments, if they got defunded, would be less motivated to respond to crime in those places as well, which is what I've been hearing as well. Um, is is that some cops are less motivated to prevent crime because, first of all, you have this massive amount of hate towards all cops, and and then you know you got defunding, and and you know it's not easy being a cop right now. You know, no, it's not. Um, so I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I. I 
it seems to be the case but i think um, oh please please go ahead just a quick just a quick comment on the on on the protest right mm -hmm. uh and once again my lens my lens as far as right now speaking on that is is the climate that i'm in mm -hmm. in the city that i'm in and the things that i'm seeing on the ground mm -hmm. right and i've been to and i've been to several since they happened and mind you protests are my, are not my thing i don't i don't really like protests necessarily but i because i don't i don't i don't really see them as being very effective but i do see uh the purpose that they serve right sometimes like they say, the squeaky wheel is the one that gets the oil. Right. Sometimes making noise is is what draws uh, attention to an issue, right? So I think that those people have a, an important purpose that they're playing. But what what we've seen out here, for instance, a lady in her in like that was 59 years old, just got shot in the face with the beanbag gun. She went. She's now blind out of one eye. And the reason she was out in the protest, and this is what actually, I was talking about La Mesa, this is what actually sparked the burning down of the bank and everything. She got shot in the face, she's blind, her head, her forehead was busted open. The reason she was there is because her, her son was killed by the police. Another individual out here, after all this stuff happened, um, <clears throat> uh, he was harassed by the police, so everybody went out to this city, uh, La Mesa, they, they protested. She was shot. Um, what happened was that, there was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of back and forth. And everybody on the ground said that the violence didn't start erupting until the police shot this lady in the face. And she got shot in the face with her arms up, saying, hands up, don't shoot. So a lot of the times what we're seeing at the protest is that the police are there to protect people from the violence. But a lot of times what we're seeing in this city is that they're the ones that's initiating the violence mm -hmm. and the protesters aren't getting violent. These non-violent -pro protesters aren't getting violent until they're actually instigated. And then you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of, uh, provocateurs there as well. Mm -hmm. You have like gangs, uh, white supremacist gangs that are going up there just to instigate stuff. Right. And a, a lot of times we're seeing them being protected. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic on the ground right now. But yeah. people have every right to peacefully protest and to go out there and say we don't like this, the conditions that are being done, that are you know that are taking place. No, and and um, I, I got that too. I had uh, somebody who was at the local protest here in Toledo, who was saying the same thing: is that the the cops initiated it. They they just started shooting off tear gas because they didn't because I think they imposed some crazy. Um, uh, um, because of the pandemic, they imposed. It was like five o'clock was the, was the what do you call it? The the curfew. Curfew. Right. So they had a citywide curfew, and they were breaking curfew. So that was an excuse for them to just start shooting, you know, oh, uh, yeah. tear gas into the crowd. Uh, I watched a lot of protest streams in the beginning, and it, it seems to ring true to me. People yelling, mostly calm. And then flashbangs and stuff go out and everyone freaks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, but you know, and, and, and there's the other thing you were saying, there's provocateurs as well. There's white supremacists out there who are, who are, there's cops as dressed up as protesters who start these things. Another thing that I've been talking about a lot on the show since this pandemic and the protests is that so much misinformation is out there and and everybody is saying this everybody's saying you know like that antifa's you know they they're out there being terrorists and then 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 the boogaloos and then you know like and, and then cops are doing 
it's so hard to keep track of who is who's starting these violent outbreaks and who's doing this because everyone has something different to say. Everyone is 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 going for clicks, you know, like just how the media works. Everyone's trying to get you to click on their thing. So everything is sort of blown out of proportion or flat out lies. And this goes on both sides, like Fox News and the New York Times. MSNBC, they're all fucking full of shit on, on something. Like, you know, like there's just, there's so much spectacle going on. And there's just, it, 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 like, it, it's like, who do you believe when everyone is lying? You know what I mean? Because yeah. there is truth to some, some of the things that are being said. But, but how do you know? How do you discern? How do you figure yeah. this out? And I think, you know, you know, the, the, the thing is that once again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blaming the police. I'm saying that they serve a function Mm -hmm. in the system to keep the system where it's at. The bottom line is that is, is, is this though, that supposedly black people make up 12% of the population in this country. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Hispanics, and I know people, some people don't like that term, but I'll say Hispanics, uh, Latinos, Latinx, however a person wants to term it, that's the fastest growing so-called minority group in the country, right? And, and again, these are all problematic terms, but I'm just using them, right, yeah. for the sake of, of making a point. Black people at 12% of the population of the country make up almost half of the prison population in this country, Right. Hispanics make up another large percentage of the prison population. Now, when we look at the numbers, when we just look at the numbers, right, and a lot of people have done studies to show this, the crime rate between blacks, whites, Mexicans is not any higher. They're almost neck and neck. But one group of people is being overly criminalized and incarcerated for the crimes because these are the neighborhoods that are the most heavily policed. The fact that that the numbers don't reflect the population that lives in the country or reflect the crime rate shows that there's an issue in this country. The fact that people are still out in the the streets in the year 2020, right? We're talking about Martin Luther King got killed in 1968 and that they still have to remind people that, hey, our lives matter, right? It shows you that there's a problem in this country, right? The police officers are only one part of the system, right? It's only one part of the system that are coming into our neighborhoods, and I see it all day. I work on Imperial Avenue, which is like, you know, uh, like one of the black hubs uh, in, in, in San Diego. And I see the cops rolling up and down. I see them stopping on what's called the four corners of death, criminalizing and harassing homeless people. I see this with my own eyes on a daily basis. They serve one they serve one purpose of the function. There's also a problem in the laws. There's also a problem with the DAs who say who whose motto is that a, a good DA a good DA can convict a guilty person but a great DA can convict an innocent person. Right. This is their motto. Camilla right? Harris. They, they, yeah, they look at it as a game. Like I'm gonna see how good I am to see I know you're innocent, but I'm gonna see how good of a liar of a DA I am by finding you guilty, yeah. right? The, the system is, all parts of it are, are problematic, right? The function that they serve are disparate in a, in a, in a very uh, dis, a disparity type of way is by going to communities where poor people of color live and, and overly policing them to send them to the courthouses to fight charges, trumped up charges that are gonna send them to prison, right? Everything needs to be balanced out. Yeah. They should be going to the suburbs just as much as they go to the ghettos, right? Um, 
these DAs, if they see without shadow of a doubt, or if there's any reason to believe that a person is is innocent, then that person should be that person should be let go, right? The way that it is now is if they can find any room to believe, any shadow of a doubt that you may be guilty, they write the jury instructions to where they have to convict you. The system is jacked up. The system is messed up. And, 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 and we need people on the ground that are engaging in a dialogue that try to find solutions to the problem. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think dialogue is the big thing here that, that I think is, is, is in some ways sort of being suppressed. I feel like that's some ways that, that you know, with cancel culture, and, and obviously some people should be canceled, but I think that some people get canceled for saying things that, that people just don't want to hear rather than, than, you know, sitting there and picking it apart and, and trying to find the, the maybe the commonality of beliefs. You know, people are so quickly to turn another person off, you know, like you're a Trump supporter. Oh, I'm unfollowing you. I'm cutting you out of my life. You know what I mean? And, and, you <clears throat> I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, how, when, when, you know, like when, when dialogue is necessary and, and we have sort of this culture of sort of shutting down dialogue, how do you sort of get past that? Well, and this is what we're seeing right now, right? This is, and this is a problem, right? That the dialogue is not taking place because you have, like, for instance, I have, I have, I can admit to you that as somebody that's uh, a slavery abolitionist, a person that is for uh, defunding the police, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I support all of that. But I'm also somebody that could say, yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some cops that are that are good people that are just doing their job, right? But at the same time, and that, and that there are criminals in, in the streets in all neighborhoods, right? The problem is that while I can admit that we have people from our community having dialogues with the police chief. Uh, with the head sheriff of San Diego, and they won't even admit that racial profiling happens in San Diego. Mm-hmm. They won't even admit that it's a thing. Yeah. So how can you have a dialogue when, 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 when they won't even admit that this is something that's happening in their police department? You can't get an apology. You can't rectify the wrongs if you won't even admit that there's a wrong that's taking place. Right. So so a dialogue, we can't even have a dialogue until certain certain truths are admitted. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I can totally see that because, I mean, how, how do you. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, you know, and it goes down to like if someone's just like you're a Trump supporter, so I can't listen to what you have to say. So, you know, go somewhere and die. You know, it's like that that to me never made sense is because you're voting for this person or you have a certain ideology or like you're a Muslim and I'm a Christian, you know, like all those things. It's like shutting down the dialogue in these conversations is only creating sort of these extreme ideas and extreme beliefs about the other, right? Like it kind of leads into these sort of, uh, people get pushed into the arms of extremism when they're ignored and they're not, and, and like whatever they're feeling isn't being confronted. And that's, that's depression, extreme depression. And that's on a, on a, on a, on a personal level and on a social level, you know, it, it's, it's, to me, it seems that if we're gonna, if, if dialogue is truly needed, you know, like, like, I feel like both sides need to sort of be open to hearing things that they're not good, really want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean, shoot, 
even if it's a black person that's a support Trump, uh, Trump supporter. Well, I mean, there's a I lot mean, of, I mean, in in that regard, there's a lot of Mexican and, and black Trump supporters right now who are who are sort of like looking past the the the, the crazy tweets and the. You know, the winks to the clan and, you know, like everything, you know, how do you, I mean, how do I you, mean, <laughs> to be honest, I, I, I was, I was, I was in, I was in prison when Trump was elected. Oh yeah. And I was, and, right. and I was, wow. and I was telling every, I was telling people on the yard that, Hey, I think this guy is going to win one. He's, he's charismatic. And I remember uh, Mumia Abu-Jamal, you know, and, and, you know, I hope they free him that, that he said something in one of his books. He said that the president is selected before he's elected, right? That <clears throat> that maybe they don't run. They have a whole administration. They have advisors. Maybe they might be the, might not be the chief decision maker, but they pick people who are going to be um, who are going to people are going to be attracted to. They select people who people are going to want to vote for, right? The, the, you know. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Biden selected uh, Kamala Harris. It's not because she was she's necessarily the best person for the job. How can you? How can he get the voters um, that would have voted for, let's say, Obama or somebody else? Let's get a black woman, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all it's all a game, right? They're going to select this person, right? So now, anyways, Trump was selected. He's a charismatic guy, first and foremost. He's charismatic. He's entertaining. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why his show did so well. I mean, he's, he's funny. I mean, he's funny. He's, shit. I, he's I don't hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious, right? And 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 he's even, he's even likable, right? Either you love him or you hate him, right? But for me, it was that this guy right here is the is the impersonation. This guy is the epitome. If you can embody america how america is perceived by much of the world he's the embodiment of america white racist misogynistic wealthy is all outdoors i mean just everything sexist everything asshole yeah man arrogant you could put america into a person he would be that he would be america he's mr america and he and look, and, and, and he says the things that people are scared to say outside, mm. right? Yeah. When they go home, let's just keep it real. There's a lot of people that are like, and these damn Mexicans, man, they're taking all the jobs, man. Right. I don't know, I might lose my job. And these black people, they need just to be just to be happy. Yeah. They were just slaves 200 years ago, and they're talking about no justice, no peace. They just need to be happy that they can finally vote. These people say this at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. They won't say it. And when they see you, you at the workplace, they're, hey, hi, how's it going, Tyrone? I like how you have your afro. It's real nice. <laughs> hey, Jose. Hey, good. Hey, congratulations on the promotion. Yeah. Right? He says the things that people are, are, are not are afraid to say, right? But so, I mean, if you have, if your political views, they don't, I, I, I'm not concerned about that. As a person, we can still talk. We can mm. we, we can we can agree to disagree, right? We're still in the same condition. We're still in the same country. If somebody comes over here and bombs this this nation, I'm going to blow up along with you, right? So we need to be able to we need to be able to talk. You know what I mean? And for some people, I realize that you just can't talk to, yeah. right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's 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 it, it is unfortunate, but it it just seems like it's such a backwards direction to go to like to 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 recognize you know that this dialogue needs to be had but then to also punish those who speak outside of a, a certain narrative as well 
and you know like and and and, and i'm going on both sides here like it's not just republicans and, and you know or, or democrats or liberals or it's just a lot of people on on different sides of the aisle who are just shutting each other down and that's my biggest thing is like it's like i i can't be it's like there's no way to cre- there's no way to get past barriers by creating new barriers, and that's just right. sort of how I see it, and that's sort of how it's. Oh, welcome back, Girl Two Point Glad to have you back. Thank you for being here. Um, so, uh, what's the what? So right now, with the work that you're doing, what what's the next thing that you're sort of, or what's the thing that you're working on right now, or the next big thing that you guys are looking to tackle? We're um we're looking to try to uh sue the attorney general in california for the gang database so 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 in in an attempt to ultimately try to get rid of gang enhancements right so for those who don't know uh, and you know i have a lot of things that i want to initiate myself but for the work that we're doing as an organization right on my own personal level i have a lot of other stuff going on but as an organization um a gang enhancement what it is essentially is that what they do in our neighborhoods, right? And I have many friends who have fallen victim to this, that let's say there's three guys uh, rolling with each other. One is documented as being a gang member. Um, One of them is not, uh, but he has red shoelaces in his shoes. One of them is documented as being a blood. Mm -hmm. And the other one has a tattoo that says blood on his arm, right? He grew up in, a, in, let's say he grew up in Lincoln Park, right? He played football for Lincoln Park. Maybe he doesn't even have blood. Maybe he has Lincoln Park on his arm. Mm. Mind you, the neighborhood is called Lincoln Park. There's also a gang that's in that neighborhood called Lincoln Park Bloods. Okay, mm. now, one of them is documented already. So what they do is they pull over these three black kids, and then they say, oh, you're documented. So, and you have red shoelaces. Oh, and you have Lincoln Park on tattooed on your arm. So we're, we're gonna, they're going to put you in handcuffs, first and foremost. They're going to say, you're not going to jail. We're just for our own safety. You're being arrested, though. Yeah. So they're going to take, take pictures of all three of you guys, and they're going to put you all in this database as being Lincoln Park Bloods. Whoa. Now, what that does, now, now what that does they have this gang database. Now, what that does is that if you later on, a year later, if you get in trouble for anything, it doesn't matter if you were 17 when you got documented. If you go into the store, let's say you do a beer run, right? You take some beers. And the police guard tries, or the security guard tries to stop you and say, back up, right? And, and, and you, like, try to scare him. He goes, okay, right? And you run out with the beers. Now, te- typically, this would be considered, it's a, it's a robbery, right? It's because force and fear was added, right? Mm. But typically, for a beer run, you told the security guard to back up. You might do six months in the county jail. But what they're going to do is they're going to say, hold on a second. Oh, hold on. We got you in the computer as being documented from Lincoln Park Bloods. Oh, now we can apply the gang enhancement to you. So, so we think you did this crime for the benefit of your gang. We're going to give you 10 extra years. Whoa. They're going to give you 10 extra years for whatever you do because you were from this gang. Now, the, now the problem with that, a couple problems. One is that the only groups that are actually um, being targeted for these gang, gang enhancements are people from black gangs and Mexican gangs, right? It's it's the essays, it's the bloods, it's the crips. And I know because I, I've been going into the courtroom scanning hundreds of files and just looking at people's cases, right, and just putting in the, the data. Apparently, neo-Nazis, 
uh, skinheads and all these other groups aren't aren't gangs, right? Or they're not being hit with gang enhancements. Mm -hmm. Same thing. They do drive-bys. They have fights and riots on the streets. They they initiate people into their gangs. And, and I mean, by default, the fraternities kind of do the same things, right? There's mm -hmm. a hazing period, but that's that's neither here nor there. But the ones that actually are gangs, they're not being hit with it. The other problem is that in the database, they have hundreds of babies that are in the database that apparently admitted to being from gangs when they were like three months old, right? What the fuck? They have, absolutely, man. Whoa. And there's, there's so many of them, babies in the gang, in the gang database, right? So you're so setting because, this person up from, from, a, from a baby. Exactly, exactly. Maybe the mother was documented as a crip, maybe whatever. Oh, and now they're putting the baby in the database. And, and they're saying that the baby admitted to being from the gang, right? So because there's so lack of uh, oversight uh, over this database and, and people are doing, and I've, I've, I've been in prison with these people. People are like, I did my time. Now I'm just doing time on this enhancement. Mm. And I still got eight more years I got to do just because I grew up in a certain neighborhood. Yeah. So, you know, this is, um, this is another form of the systematic racism that exists, right, in the criminal justice system as a whole. Right? And we have to see it for what it is, right? We've got to call a spade a spade. So we're working on trying to kind of dismantle this, um, you know, if we tackle this. Outside of that, there's other things that I want to tackle, you know, uh, fair housing, discrimination against formerly incarcerated people that exist. I was discriminated against myself. You know, I told them that I, uh, that I was convicted of felony, and they said, we will not, we will not even um, look at your application. Yeah. yeah. We don't rent to felons. Wow, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, and then that's the whole. I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but when people get out of jail and they have a felony on it, it's like you can't get a place to live, you can't get a good paying job, or you can't get a job. Period. It's like, and if you don't have family support, like, what are you going back to? What are you going back to when you get out of prison? I mean, just, you're going to go and do the thing that you know how to get by, how to survive. You're not, you know, like you, even if you do, even if you are reformed and you don't want that, it's like, how do you go and do that? But, but here's the thing, you know, all the people who say is like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I, I, I got, I'm a felon. I'm a, uh, you know, like I can't get a place to live. I can't work anywhere. You know, all I can do is sell dope. And they're telling that to you, you know? Like, so there is a possibility outside is, of that. It is possible. Outside I mean, notwithstanding the barriers. Yeah. Right? But, but, and, and to be it fair, you did, you were fortunate enough to have a family who loves you and, and, you know, like you, you did have support, but like you didn't, like that was the thing. You <laughs> were very, like, I loved what you, cause you just hit the ground running. You know, like you just said, I was still in, I was still locked up when the president was elected. It's like, that's not that long ago. And then for you to get out and to go this hard and go and to be where you're at now, I, I think is just amazing. And it's beautiful. And I think it's a, it's a great, I mean, you're a great, a great role model for exactly what you're doing. I mean, like for anybody who says I can't, Malcolm says bullshit. Because if I can, yeah. you can. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, do uh, you... Uh, is there anything outside the work your organization that you've been working on besides the fair housing and stuff? Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm working on an album. 
Yeah, uh, I wanted to talk about right music now. because because again, yeah. Malcolm is a fire ass MC, a, a fantastic producer. He he's to 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 hear him talk like you wouldn't even know that he like just lays it down, man. Uh, but tell me about the album. Yeah, I'm um I got about four solid tracks. Uh, I got you know some other stuff I did, but. Uh, and the way that I envisioned it in my mind, it does, just doesn't hit the same way. You know what I mean? You know how that goes. Yes, sir. The way that I envisioned it in my mind, it just doesn't hit the same way when I listen to it. Yeah. But I got, I think I got four so far solid tracks. Um, the album is going to be kind of a, it's going to be kind of like a movie. You know what I mean? Mm. The idea is to, is to, is to make something to where you can listen to the whole thing and be thoroughly entertained, but also, also grasp take something from it right every time you listen to it that you can be inspired and that you can um you know you can you can feel like life is okay right and that life has meaning so i mean that's the idea um i have a a, a vision in my mind so i'm trying to i'm trying to bring that to life right now uh i'm i'm at school doing that full time and also um you know which is interesting i'm actually a, my, a religious studies major so this is this is very interesting, uh, approaching these ideas from a, a academic uh, perspective is yeah. is very interesting. Sure, and yeah. I have to hold my tongue a lot. I have to bite my tongue a lot. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I imagine being in a room full of of people, and and you're supposed to keep it keep it uh, you know academic, <laughs> as you say. Right. And uh, right. yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I I know where you're coming from. They're uh they're they're calling for a Malcolm freestyle. Do you have it in you, Malcolm? Do you have you don't have to, don't feel pressure. But uh um, but Rain and Mystique started it and Adam Flair UK has seconded it. Um I don't know who else will pile on, but it's up to you. If you want to do it, if not, it's no big deal. Cause we got some games to play if if you're willing to play some games. Um Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I might have a few little bars I could throw out. Oh, there. okay, okay. We got some fresh bars. Anybody who's okay, everybody throw out your fresh bars. If we're gonna get some bars, get your fresh bars out. If you have them, I don't know how I don't even know how these things work. Apparently I only have two emotes that, that people get when you sub, so if you have fresh bars, lay them out. Let's hear it. I guess since uh, we've been talking about the subject, uh, I'd say, uh, in fact, let me see. Who do you believe in? Tell me that. Who's your God? Is he white? Is he black? Is your God really a man or a cat or a rat or a bat who has wings which he flaps? Tell me who you call divine. Is it Buddha? Do you worship rappers like Jigga and Luda? Or do you trust in the power of a few bucks, the Fetty, the Skrilla, Scratch, the Mozzarella, the Gouda? Or do you call yourself a god? Tell me this then. What the hell are you doing locked up in the prison? How can God get thrown in a box, trapped in by some locks, held down by the couch? Please stop and think about it. Use a little reasoning. A human being can be killed by a bee sting. If that's true, then your god is a weakling. And I prefer not to bow down to weak things. Tell me who you call upon every hour. Because everybody believes in a higher power. Even atheists really believe in something. The only difference is they call their God nothing. They believe nothing existed in the beginning. 
They say nothing created, everything living. They don't think we go back to God for the judgment. They say when we die, we all return to nothing. Tell me if that's really something based on logic. But most intellectuals are idiotic. And I know that it might seem oxymoronic, but the same devils call my people demonic. Now tell me where you see protection when there's none. Is it prayer or the barrel of a gun? I'm going to use them both because when it's said in gun done, God gave us intelligence. So don't be dumb. All right. That was awesome, man. Everybody, give 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 some claps to Malcolm here. That was dope. That was dope. Um, is there any websites or anything you want to promote? Uh, anything? Thank um, you for those claps, Girl 2.0. Thank you so much. <laughs> man, um, man, you, they can check out my book, uh, Amazon. I should have never joined a gang. Oh, I should have uh, put that in. Wrap, wrap along. It's a wrap along children's book. Thank you, mighty um, mighty. Yep. Fire. They can check that out. Um, it's, uh, some. Yep. Raina, if if you if you're still if you're still there, will you find a link to his Amazon book and drop it in the chat um, while we do this? If you can. If not, I understand. Um, okay, Malcolm, do you have time to play a quick game uh, for a chance to win some patches? Let's do it. <laughs> he said, "Let's do it." All right. But then let us do it. All right, let me give you guys a, a BRB screen so I can get this um, set up. We'll play. A, we're, we're gonna only do one today because I wanna. I, I kind of gotta wrap up a little early today. But uh, let's let's get some get some music going, and uh, we'll be right back with uh, how much does it cost on Craigslist? All right. All right, I'm gonna just share the screen with you, and um, and it's a pretty simple game, and it's pretty fast, so it, you it won't take up too much of your time. Uh, I can't hear you, so can you uh, can you see the screen? Can you see my? Okay, Google. Cool, cool. All right. Present and. Yeah, yeah. All right. Just give me a second, Malcolm. I'm just setting things up. Okay, okay, we're coming back. We're coming back. We're back. All right. So the name of the game is How Much Does It Cost on Craigslist? Uh, the rules are pretty simple. It's kind of like the price is right, but you can go over. So we're just bidding on items uh, on Craigslist, and whoever is closest to the actual price wins a fancy patch. Either Bernie Sanders or we speak English good. And I think we got, I think we're, we got time for one, I think. Okay. So, of course, the, the show is brought, this game is brought to you by ModedStudios.com. ModedStudios.com. Go check out their uh, patches and apparel, fully embroidered American Might, Mark Might. Okay. I don't know what I was trying to do there. All right. First item up for bid 
36 by 36 inch painting. It just says great painting, 36 by 36 painting. Dot, dot, dot. All right. So very good meeting you, Malcolm. Happy to hear you're going for it, helping make it all feel. Yeah. The, yeah. Girl 2.0 is giving you mad love, Malcolm. Uh, she said very good. Very good meeting you, Malcolm. Happy to hear you are going for it and helping make it better for all. There you go. This is magical. At least 10,000. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, everybody, go ahead. Drop your bids. This is magical, D-Voice says. Malcolm, how much do you think this item costs on Craigslist, this painting? Uh, I mean, I can't tell you what it's worth, but uh, I can. I, I, I would say that... Um, I can't tell you. Yeah, I mean, because artists... You know, I the, the value of art is subjective. Yeah, I know, I know. But <laughs> I'd say on Craigslist, it's probably going to sell for about 150 150 Malcolm says it's 150 125 Oh, oh 125 Okay, okay. Since I didn't say it, we'll change it. But once you say or type it in, it is it is written. And that is that is the real. So 125 Malcolm bids 125 All right, guys. I'll give you a few more seconds to get your uh, uh, your bids in, and uh, here's this. But it's a beautiful painting, though. Yeah, I thought it was nice. I think it's worth more than 125, but people devalue art a lot of the time. Oh yeah, especially on this show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Looks like the Scatman has spoken, and, uh, okay. So, actual retail price on Craigslist. Oh, hold on. $1,200. My goodness, I think Hate the Human Race has done it again. Hate the Human Race. You did it, buddy. That that was pretty easy. Hate the human race. That usually we have to be. I'm sitting here like, what the fuck? I can't doing simple math. Uh, did yeah. I do two? Uh, let me see if I have two. I don't even definitely know. Definitely worth. Definitely worth twelve hundred. Yeah, I mean, if, if the artist says it's worth twelve hundred, but no, like last time we had, um, we had, uh, what was it? Uh, we had this like it was just like this thrown together like bus of of like a uh, Oakland's A. Um, uh, a player from like the 70s dude won like a hundred thousand dollars for it and it looked busted as shit like it just it was he made it you know like to him it's worth a hundred thousand dollars to me it was worth like i don't know i don't know like it's weight and garbage i don't know like it just wasn't wasn't for me but you know i don't know i i i you're right who am i to judge um except for a guy who has a Twitch stream. All right, here we go. Uh, beautiful. We'll do one more because I, I just realized I had two in here. So we'll do this last one and we will let our guests go. Beautiful wooden Bethlehem uh, uh, carvings. Uh, this wooden Bethlehem created by uh, Alice, I guess, a Fajvar, is one of the greatest piece of art of its kind in, Czech, in the Czech Republic. The life-size sculptures occupy an area of nearly 35 square meters. The author started work on the masterpiece in 2012 the set consists of the holy family coming kings seven animals uh shed and other complementary carvings so we got a whole 
piece here, man. This is a whole piece. I think this is out of a Chicago, Pros Prospect Heights, Chicago, I think. Go ahead and drop your bids, everybody. Melka, how much do you think this costs on Craigslist? Ah, shit and everything. I'm going to say about 3000 3000 Malcolm says 3000 Just in time for a game. That's right. This is the last one, Glitter. Okay, so Glitter has a $1,101 or $11, my bad. Uh, $4,750 by Reyna. Mighty Mighty says $3,600. Girl 2.0 says $540,000. I love it. Uh, hate the human race. If you want to jump in again, you're more than welcome, buddy. Um, but if you already won and if you win again, you can give your thing away or just not take it. Because I don't know. I, I, okay, here we go. Here we go. You, got, you guys uh, go ahead and put your bids in there. And uh, at the, you got until the end of the song. Here we go. Look at those wings. Such craftsmanship. Yeah, I mean, that is. It looks nice. It really does. All right. Oops. That's, that's not what I meant to do. All right. Let's do it. I will gift it. All right. If, if, if hate wins, he will gift it. All right. Oh, yeah. I got to do the thing. Go drum. Here we go. Actual retail price on Craigslist $49,999. Right there, right now. Who got that? Tw hate the human race. Hold on. Uh, did hate get it? Hey, um. Hey, let me know Yo, if, you, I, if you had any problems or anything. No, I think it's hate the human race. You won again. Gonna use your expertise. You did. All right, hate got it. Hate got it. So hate, you can either deny it or give it to someone else. E either way. Oh wait, Nimoy got it. Are you sure? A hundred thousand. Are you sure? No, no, I'm pretty sure that uh, hate got it. Pretty sure, girl 2.0. But uh, yeah. I'm 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 gonna go with I'm positive. All right, so hey, you let me know what you want to do. I'm gonna let our guest go. It sounds like he has things to do in his neck of the woods here. So let's uh, say goodbye, Malcolm. Thank you so much. I I really do. Oh wait, I didn't even hold on. Let me stop the screen share. There we go. Oh no, there we go. Malcolm, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you coming on the show and, and talking about the work that you do and your own personal work that you're doing and, and, uh, and your own things. I mean, I, I just, I seriously do use you a lot. I refer to you a lot as someone is like, whenever I hear someone is like, I can't, it's like, bro, you have no idea what you can do as a human being, uh -huh. especially when you're starting from fucking at, at the bottom, at, at society's bottom. Right. It, not that you're a, a person who's okay. And <laughs> I love you, brother. You're you're my love yeah. Too, yeah, I mean, you know, your yeah. family and and um, I, it's just I'm really glad that you're you're a part of my life personally and that you're in this world. So I appreciate it, man. You have a great day. You too, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. Yeah. See you later, man. Like most children in the neighborhood that I'm from, I grew up in a household with a single mom. My mother did her best to teach me all she could. She sent me to school and made sure my grades were good I went outside when school was over every day Looking for anybody who wanted to play 
a football game and when we played we played our best until the sun began to set towards the west for when the sun set i knew i'd better be gone i had to be home before the street lights came on this was my same routine nearly every evening until one event occurred that changed everything one day while i was traveling back home from school i saw a group of older children looking cool the way they dressed i knew these kids were from a gang they greeted me then asked if i wanted to hang at that point i remembered what my mother said she said most gang members end up in jail or dead i thought about my mother's words for two seconds but i did not want to offend my brand new friends i hung out with them that day and they treated me as if i were a member of their family since i grew up with no big brothers nor my dad they became like the brothers that i never had i did not play football after school anymore i hung out with them by the local liquor store i met up with them daily and it wasn't long before i started doing things i knew were wrong we fought people we did school and we even stole we drank liquor that made us feel invincible one night my buddies invited me to the park Long after the streetlights came on when it was dark I knew my mom would be mad if I broke her rule But I did not want them to think I wasn't cool Therefore I showed up at the park at 9 o'clock My friends surrounded me and said It's time to talk If you want to keep hanging out you'll have to fight I knew that my friends were going to test my might Suddenly seven of them began to attack I could not be a coward so I fought them back They punched me for what seemed like an eternity then they stopped hitting me simultaneously When I gained my composure they all shook my hand And said that I was officially from the clan Although my face had lumps and bumps it still felt good To finally officially be from the hood However it did not make any sense to me How my own friends could beat me like the enemy About 11 days after I joined the set I stood on the block where all of the homies met As I was standing on the corner with the guys we saw a car approach that no one recognized The car window rolled down but before we could run We saw an orange flame come from the end of a gun Several shots were fired from the passenger side While all of my buddies scrambled to duck and hide A friend next to me screamed a blood curdling sound And then I heard his body thud against the ground I looked and saw that he was bleeding from the head The way that he was staring I knew he was dead The mysterious car vanished into the night as suddenly as it came, it was out of sight. A friend of mine was dead, and it could have been me. My mother's warning sprung into my memory. I wish life could go back to how it used to be. However, my homies sought revenge instantly. The very next day, they began to ask around to learn where the mysterious car could be found. They found out the people who laid my buddy down were from a rival hood on the west side of town. Also, the guy who shot from the passenger seat Resided near our neighborhood right down the street My buddies decided that they would visit him At his house unexpectedly at 10 p.m. My friend named Tiny G asked me if I would come To look out while they got payback for what was done Well I agreed to be their lookout on the block Therefore Tiny G picked me up at 9 o'clock I opened up the car door and hopped in the back Two homies were with Tiny G all dressed in black The four of us drove away with no hesitance we rode until we reached the shooter's residence. We parked, the three of them got out, then disappeared. I waited by the car to be their eyes and ears. While I stood waiting for the members of my gang, I suddenly heard a very loud noise go, Bang! I glanced around to see if my friends were all right. I looked everywhere, but they were nowhere in sight. Then off into the distance, I could faintly hear the sound of blurring sirens quickly drawing near. 
As they got closer, I knew it was the police. But before I could run, I heard them yelling, freaks! They put me in handcuffs and took me for a ride. They said that I was being charged with homicide. The police asked me questions, but my lips were sealed. Since I was told a real gang member never squealed. They asked me who was with me, but I would not tell. The officers then took me to the county jail. I stayed inside the county jail for quite a while. Until it was finally time to go to trial. My mom came to my trial to show me support. Although I knew it hurt her to see me in court. The prosecutor claimed when the trial began that I killed a man who killed someone from my clan. The prosecutor then said he had a witness who would come to the stand and testify to this. When he brought forth his witness, I was shocked to see the person standing on the stand was Tiny G. Then Tiny G lied and said I devised the plot to go and get revenge when our comrade was shot. He further told the courtroom that I was the one who got angry and pulled the trigger of the gun. Apparently, the jury believed Tiny G. For when they read the verdict, they found me guilty. As soon as they convicted me of homicide, my mother grabbed both sides of her face, screamed and cried. She cried till the judge's face began to contort. He banged his gavel, shouting, border in the court. And as I listened to the judge's gavel bang, I told myself I should have never joined a gang. It took this whole ordeal for me to comprehend. The homies that I hung out with were not my friends. The judge banged his gavel again and startled me. I looked up and saw a whole different scenery. I saw my teacher roughly banging on her desk. She looked at me and yelled, wake up and take your test. My classmates stared at me and I was soon aware that everything I went through was a bad nightmare. I was not a gang member, just a kid in school. So good grades instead of gang banging made me cool. I thought about my life and it felt really good to know that I did not represent any hood. I did my test and waited for the bell to ring. The nightmare that I just had helped me learn one thing. I found out it was truthful what my mother said. She said most gang members end up in jail or dead.